Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's program, that's where you can podcast that. I'm joined this morning by Matthew Fantone. Before moving any further, I'm going to start the show a little differently than normal. have to handle something a little serious here. As December 1st is World's AIDS Day. And we're supporting the fight to end AIDS by changing our name to I Heart Red. Help us create an AIDS-free generation by the year 2020, and you can enter to win an amazing celebrity experience with you, too. Go to amaze.com slash red this month to support Red and save lives. Matthew Fantone, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing pretty good, pretty good. I'm glad today is World AIDS Day. I know that feels like a problem that was, what do I want to say, um, maybe a while ago, it feels like, you know, AIDS hysteria. Well, it was the Died 80s. Died down. And yeah, I when mean, I was in high school, it was, it was a hot subject. Everywhere, yeah. dude. I mean, I mean, for the for the late 80s, early 90s, for if you were a, a, a an impressionable youth at that time, AIDS really did kind of get, like, shaken into you, like, you better be afraid of it. Oh, God. I mean, it was definitely, dude, they were selling it to you like it was Satan. Like, well, and, and they needed to be. I was going to say, pretty serious. But I mean, they were, I mean, yes, it was like it was like how people try to beat religion into you. And I think a lot of, um, what do I want to say, people who may be a little bit younger uh, probably don't necessarily have that same fear, that same Should. concern. Well, you know, the thing I'll say about it is, is we've come a far way in medicine in the past 30 years. Yeah, but uh, dude, just because I can live with it doesn't oh, mean I want, want to. to. Right, so, right. So you should have the fear of you, it. You, you certainly should, and, and, and especially when you consider how easy it is to protect yourself from situations like yeah. that, whether it's through testing, whether it's through condoms, whether That's it's, the one. you know. That's the there's one. A, there's, a, there, there's a couple different avenues you can go down there to make sure that you stay AIDS-free, and I'm glad that you two and the rest of the celebrities and, and, and I Heart Red apparently have all joined forces to uh yeah. to take care of things yeah. there. I Heart Media just, you know. Cure the world of AIDS, dude. I mean, if we're going to do anything as a company, we might as well cure the curing world of AIDS. Curing boredom with the app. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now curing disease. Yeah. Oh, world AIDS Day there. All right. Uh, so I, I, I do want to start uh, this program out. Okay. Kind of patting us on the back. Okay. Okay. You and I had to attend a meeting together yesterday. And this is all about tomorrow, which is Long Haul Against Hunger. So Fantone and I went to a group meeting uh, yesterday up at the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, which is an amazing place. If you've never been, you should schedule a tour and take your kids, go through there and just show people like the front lines of that. Because when you see it, it does. It hits home. Oh, yeah. It's a it's an impressive facility. Yeah, it and is. It really gives perspective on how big of an operation it needs to be in order to feed this many people. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things you think you have a grasp on. But then when you see it, you're like, oh, no, I, did, I, I didn't realize the scope of this. Right. So we went up there for that. And I'm all for it. And we took, obviously, other people from the radio stations who were going to be doing a similar live broadcast tomorrow. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but there's a guy who works with us who can be a little bit like, I don't want to call him nauseating because that's mean, but he can be a little bit like, okay, wrap it up. You don't have to be on right now. Wrap it up. You can just be your, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where it's like, dude, you're not on the radio right now. You can just, you know what I mean? You can just, uh, dude, settle it down and just have a conversation, and he can get a little carried away. As we all can. I think every... Uh, oh, God. You're guilty of it. I'm totally guilty of it. Everybody. I, but I think you have to you keep in perspective when the moments are and like when you're going to let yes. that, when you're going to let yes. that be a part of the equation. And, and, well and, said. And, and when you're, when well you're, struck. When you're in a meeting, when you're in a situation where it's like, all right, we're supposed to be handling something right now. We're supposed to be taking care of things. And dude, I, I despise meetings where things aren't accomplished. It's, the, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is why are we together? Why are we talking about this? All right, if, I don't want to make it sound 
sound like nothing got accomplished. No, 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 no. Okay, all right. That's okay. certainly not what Just it was. Saying, a lot of ears on this product right now. But that's but that's the point of a meeting is to sure. accomplish something. And if you're going to start throwing roadblocks and hurdles in the way of accomplishing, makes things, you crazy. Whoa, dude, makes you drives crazy. me up well, the wall. This is this, and this was the point of this. Okay, what I liked yesterday is that that meeting was about an hour long. Right. Okay, is that you and I were able to communicate. Now, we texted a little bit, but you and I communicated through that meeting the entire time, said everything we needed to say, and no (laughs) words were exchanged. And I, dude, I like that. You and I had fun making fun of a, of a coworker silently from across the table without anybody in the room knowing that we had done it. And as, uh, again, knowing where I come from of building, uh, you know, previous radio shows, that is chemistry built. Over a time spent together. And I like I drove home yesterday from that and I was like, okay, at least I know. No matter what, the stress of my life and some of the things we have to deal with here and this and that, that the show is being built on a good foundation. That that there's good that that, that I was like, at least I know. No, no, everything else in my life is up in the air. Whether we're gonna still work here, I don't know, everybody, you know, whatever. The world does weird things to you. But at least I know that the show is being built on a solid foundation. I, I left that meeting feeling very positive about uh about this union. I drove home punching myself in the face, dude. I mean, there was so many times this guy just dude, had to, he had to keep Dude, I just gave you like 10 minutes of thank you for being awesome. He had to keep making the joke oh and it's like, God. dude, number 1, we've already established that we're all funny people. Like, okay, we've done this, we're funny. Let's get to business. Probably also and this is not ego, it's just the truth of it. When you're talking about the three guys, me, you and him, probably never he's probably never going to out funny either one of Right, us. Right, and we were we were in a meeting with people we At least knew. I hope not. People, people we knew, and people that we've worked with before in 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 you know right. long haul capacity. We've done stuff with these people, and they're all great, but not people that we're really close with. We see them no. once a year, twice have, a year, maybe. Yeah, right. Have very limited in so passing. I, I don't know why he felt like, dude, this is the time. I've got to get up on that stage. <laughs> I've got to Jimmy Fallon it up. I got to put on my tuxedo, start he- dancing around. <laughs> Oh my God! Dude. He had the full Fallon on oh. yesterday. He did. Oh, he was like, "Dude, we'll do carpool karaoke. Do you want to go out to my car? We'll do karaoke." I was going to say, hilarious. "Here's the problem with people God. putting the Fallon on. There's no Metallica playing, you know, right. little instruments. There's, right. there's none of that." Oh, dude! I, I seriously, there were points in that meeting I thought I was going to lose my mind, and I'm sitting there <laughs> in the food bank. I'm sitting there in this, in this, and you can't. Right? You're trying to be a decent human being. You're trying to be a good person. I'm, I, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Dude, count your blessings. Look at all." All this effort that has to go in to making sure that people get fed. You get fed whenever you want. Gonna throw a cheeseburger out of the window on the way out of here. Right. And I'm trying not to flip out, but he's just sitting over there like, oh my gosh, it's the veranda. Can you believe it? Oh, it was awful, dude. It was awful. Well, dude, now you know what it's like to do a radio show with you every day. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> now you know. That's God. kind of what it's like to be stuck in here with you. Do all. a hump day joke. Say that's what she said. Say that. God, it was awful. It's terrible. Oh my god! Oh my god, man! I do. I here's the thing: for a guy that doesn't believe it at all, I'm going to pray that the rest of today is as fun as this is. I hope. I can only hope that this opening has been as fun for the rest of you as it has been for me. Oh my god! I can barely see straight. I'm laughing so hard.
Oh, man, I hope this isn't one of those things where you have to know the guy to know how annoying it is. No, no. you all have a coworker like yeah. that, right? That you just wish, like like Flanders, that's who it is. It's like, dude, we got Flanders. Idly-o. <laughs> like, shut up. All right. Dude, sometime today, I haven't decided yet, just sometime, so you listen all damn four hours or you're not getting anything, but sometime today, as soon as I figure it out, we're going to pass out a three-day pass. A pair of three-day passes for Rock on the Range, that show in May, obviously. If you haven't heard that lineup yet, it's online for you, WRQK.com. It's monstrous. Metallica's playing at uh, Corn and Soundgarden. Sounds like your headliners. It's good enough. Right, right there. Right there, there, there you go. So those tickets will pass out uh, those a little later today. Also, uh, UK is banning some stuff in porn. We'll handle that at 8 o'clock. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I've been uh, made aware that apparently iHeartRadio is having some issues streaming our uh, program right now. I don't know if it's an entire app thing. I don't know if it's uh, our station on the app thing. I don't. I, I haven't been uh, told as of yet. I'm also sorry about that. I know my mic stand makes a lot of noise. People complain about that on Twitter a lot. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get my maintenance guy in here to. I don't know. I don't want to maybe lube it down. Lube it up. <laughs> lube it down. Lube it up. See, I. I even said to myself, like, like silently in my head, I was like, he's just going to take the word and run with it. Uh-huh. And it always gets us in weird territory. Run him with the lube. I love it. I love it. You know what I hear uh, tonight is? What is that? Is uh, where Perry plays their championship game. Oh. Down in Columbus. Yeah, Perry Panthers. Now against uh, LaSalle. Now, if memory serves, isn't LaSalle the school where Maslin got its coach? Yeah, Cincinnati LaSalle. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, good luck. I hope uh, I hope Harry wins that game, obviously. Of course, man. Yeah. Be big, right? Well, I mean, it's certainly in establishing themselves, and this is the second year in a row that they're going to play for the uh, state title. Is but, that right? Uh, it certainly goes to establishing themselves as one of the powerhouses of Stark County football. Which and, is saying uh, something. I mean, and you consider that both they and Central Catholic are going to be playing championship games this weekend, and I'm not trying to say, like, yo, McKinley, Maslin, where you at? But, I well, mean, you know, you? there's a little bit of uh, maybe a, uh, you know, changing of the guard. Is that right? You think so? Oof. Well, I mean, dude, this is multiple years Oof. in a row. Both these teams have been playing for state titles. Like, that's, dude, if, 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 that may have fallen on deaf ears, man. I, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not arguing with you. You're right. Multiple years. I mean, I guess, yeah, you got to look at it. Can't deny it. You drive down Tusk, you're going to pass some uh, some talented football teams there. Interesting. Now, I'm going to ask you a question maybe you don't have the answer to. What is that? Now, is that game televised? I don't know. I would assume so, yes. I mean, state championship games, of course, are televised. I would think, right? Fox Sports Ohio or Sports Time Ohio or one of those one of those have to be playing it. I would, uh, maybe. I, mean, I kind of like to see it. Yeah, I would assume so. Well, you know, I'll do a little bit of research on that. And I'll, Is that I'll, right? I'll come up with an answer. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, well, I, you know, I wanted to enter in, you know, carefully because, you know, it's broadcast partners and this and that. And right. I don't know. It's probably our competition who has it, right? I yeah, I would assume so, at least on the radio. But as far as television goes, I, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't know. Somebody, somebody has to be. <laughs> Dude, right now there are dudes in their truck going, what are you, you, idiot. you idiots don't Stupid. know? It's on this channel at this time in their jersey, probably. 
<laughs> I just screaming at the radio right now. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is, I, you know, you know what, good. I, I talk about that changing of the guard and I talk about that, you know, establishing themselves as, as powerhouses. I don't know if either of those teams necessarily have that fan base that McKinley and Maslin do for Ooh. right or for wrong. I mean, well, I, the, 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 you know, the, fir- the, 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 the first two teams I mentioned in Perry and, and King Central, those are teams that have, you know, had to fight out of that little brother role for the past long time, forever. right? You know what I mean? The, those guys have been trying to just fight themselves or fight fight their I mean, way yeah, out. Yeah, there's of a it. documentary about Maslin football yeah, for Christ's sake. So, yeah. so I, I just don't know if they necessarily have the you know the uh, the the community support that that the other two teams have. Twitter's telling me it will be televised. Of course, it has to be, dude. Of course, got it. Somebody's good. I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of want to watch that. Yeah, I want to sit around and watch high school sports tonight. That's my that's my job. Well, it's Thursday. I mean, you know, it's like you carried away. It's not Saturday. You know what I mean? It's Thursday. I'm gonna be in bed early anyway. You know what I mean? I uh, yeah, I got, you know, I kind of want to keep my eye on that. Yeah. You know, it's obviously a talking point for people in the area. I would imagine. Uh, I wondered though, how is that playing for you know Maslin fans and you know McKinley fans? Like, how do they? Is it one of those things like, well, better. One of us, then, then uh, I mean, are they all rallying behind Perry today, or is it like, you know what, we take it that seriously? Screw them. No, I, I'm, I'm I, wondering how that plays. I would certainly hope that they're rallying behind both of those teams. You definitely have to think, much like in any other kind of conference, you know, the better the Big Ten is, the better it is for okay. Ohio State, right? Well, uh, yes, I would agree. Yes, well, so absolutely. yeah, you'd have you'd have to assume that. But I but we, I just took a tweet from one of Maslin's biggest fans. Okay. Our buddy Donnie, mm-hmm. who says Perry played LaSalle in the championship game last year too. They lost forty-two to nothing. They squash. Now, see, that sounds like that's it. Sounds like that's vi- that's victory lap in there. <laughs> Out of him, dude. That sounds like it is. And not much of a victory lap, but at the end of the day, you're playing these teams. In your your regular year, so if you could beat Perry next year, and you know you're beating a team that went to the state finals for the past two years, so uh, the more teams, Pride there, the more teams out of Stark County that perform well, the better it is all across. Yeah, the I've always said yeah. that. Yeah, you know, going back to the Big Ten, I've always maintained Michigan being good helps Ohio State. You know what I mean? Now I think Michigan's getting a little too good for Ohio State's, you know, own good. But I, you know what I mean? Them being competitive helps the argument that the Big Ten is a conference that you have to pay attention to. The rise of tide it lifts all boats. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Every everyone does better when we're all doing better. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, we talk about my parents and my upbringing a lot. I'm very interested okay. to hear how your parents handled you in uh, in like late middle school and like high school regarding your grades. Okay, like. What kind of grades did you get in high school? I was so minimal effort and got away with so much that it was just very... I think my parents understood at, at, at a pretty early age that I could play the system without really having to do the work. And it was just kind of like, well, he's getting C's and B's, so what are we going to do? Like, what are, what are we going to do? Are we going to yell at him for that? Of course, you know. So it was, it was, it was, it was very much like that. I, okay, I've, I had a very similar situation. And just I just didn't care enough. Like if I went and then I, and, and and I did all the homework and I you know what I mean and I did what I was supposed to do like I could lift my grades pretty fast and then they would drop pretty fast it was always kind of back and forth back and forth back and forth so there was no real punishment when you got bad grades then no because honestly I never really got bad grades like I never failed a class or anything like that oh really yeah no I never got like an F in a class or anything like that. oh that's think, shocking I don't even think I got a D I mean to tell you the truth like, oh okay yeah. so okay I expected a little bit more like. Cutting class often, like not being there a lot. And no, I mean, I went to school because I always felt like, dude, it's where all my friends are. Like, what else am I going to be doing sitting around all day? You know what I mean? Like, that was very much my mentality. Well, a group of my friends and I would just all leave together. 
like, yes, that's where we met, but we, uh, but I skipped school. It sounds like a hell of a lot more than you did, which is fine. I'm not saying that was the right way to do it, but I did. I, I skipped school quite a bit. And so the bad grade thing did have to come up in my, in my house a lot, but the punishment was never really, honestly, if I'm going to be real honest, as strong as it ever sh- should have been. In my opinion, my parents should have been harder on this. The reason why I bring this up is a 14 year old girl got some bad grades. And this may have been handled improperly. You can help me figure this out. On Tuesday, 44-year-old Lisa Kyles pleaded not guilty to attempted first-degree assault and felony harassment of her own child after she got some bad grades on a test. Apparently, the girl was in the family's van when her 22-year-old brother became upset after learning she had gotten a bad grade on a test, and he punched her in the head for about, well, about 20 times. Jeez. Okay? When he left for work that night, he then said to the mom, you need to continue to handle this. She can't get grades like this. So then the mom allegedly hits her daughter in the knee, shin and hand with a tire iron. God. She whipped her with a phone charger and jumper cables. Oh, my God. Think about how bad that would hurt. With the metal ends on those and the cord of them is pretty thick, you can get, I mean, do you could swing those around pretty hard. It's kind of strange. Like, you've got, you know, hitting somebody with a tire iron, brutal. You brutal. got, you're swinging, you're swinging jumper cables on somebody and then you're swinging your phone charger. Like, the phone charger is probably not going to hurt that much. <laughs> like, I mean, you just hit me with jumper cables. What are you, you hitting yeah. me with a phone charger? You can charger leave the phone charger yeah. out of it. Absolutely. But here's where it gets really awful. Did not that. No, no. Worse. Yeah, yeah, no. It escalates. Okay. And there's more. She doused her own daughter in gasoline and then was flicking a lighter near her and threatening to kill her. This is over bad grades. Bad grades. The girl later estimated, told police she was beaten by her family for at least three hours over bad grades on a test. Eventually, she jumps out of the van and sought some help by some people in an apartment complex near them. Uh, When they stepped in to protect the girl, the mom uh, then yells at them, it's my daughter, I can discipline her however I want. So then luckily a neighbor comes out, you know, comes out, takes the girl, puts her in the apartment and kept her until the police came. Doused her in gasoline, flicking a lighter at her over a bad grade on a test. I just, keep telling me about how it's everybody's right to have kids. <laughs> you can keep telling me all you want. You can keep telling, but the world keeps showing me how wrong you are. And it's just so strange that, like, when you think about somebody who is going to abuse their children like this, and I mean somebody who's going to uh, just physically uh, beat their children with with these weapons and getting gasoline and threatening to kill them, you really don't think of that parent being, like, concerned about grades. You think this person is just a psychopath who's just, like, punching their kid because that's what they do, but this was about grades. I never thought about that. Obviously, there was a little bit of concern, like, hey, I care about my daughter's future. I want my daughter to be a smart young woman, and I care about her and I want her to do well in school and I have you know I I, I have pride in her. Well to me okay there's and I'm a, gonna beat it out of her. Well, like what are you doing? There's a twenty two year old brother here. So if 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 we're really gonna examine it, to me what it sounds like is mom spent the early part of the boy's life beating him. Now he's growing up, now he's going to start beating the younger daughter and then the mom gets in and now it's it's systemic at this point. And you've built it's I hate to say it, but it's tradition now. And this is how they handle things. And I don't think it's about, you know, caring about whether or not she learns cursive or learns, you know what I mean, gets her degree or anything like that. I think in right now what you're doing is just reaching for reasons to be violent. It's terrible. Like, again, like I read stuff like that and I'm like, okay, you keep telling me, ah, no, it's your right. Let's just keep pumping kids out. It's your right. No, just, dude, it's American. It's your right. You just keep doing it.
Okay. <laughs> when I, uh, dude, every time I, re- I say this all the time, the hardest part of my job is the fact that I have to read every terrible news story there is. And when I read stuff like that, I'm just like, ah, I don't know, man. It might be time for some reform. There are some people out there who should never, ever reproduce. Fantone and I kind of hate when people, when we lose a celebrity and people kind of overreact. They're like, oh my God, I'm so sad. Sting and Prince and all this stuff. And people kind of overreact. It's okay to be, you know, to lose people and be like, be like, oh, yeah, that kind of sucks. But people kind of go overboard online with this stuff. What happened? We lost an icon. And I'm, well, I'm beside myself. And I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And I don't know how I'm going to pay tribute. And we're going to help. I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me figure that out. How I pay tribute. To an icon next on the Stansbury Show. Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. I apologize about the iHeartRadio problems. I hear it's, uh, it like keeps interrupting us, stopping, and then restarting it over. Jeez, sorry. <laughs> as, if it, as if it's not tough enough to get through once. I apologize. It's a little early to start waking up IT people, but. We'll have somebody look into it. It's what they get paid for, dude. Not too early to wake up IT people. Uh, Trans you know, out of bed. Dude, You, if you want to be the you get paid so you do it guy, do you feel free. I find people call me a diva and a dick when I when I take that kind of mentality. And I, you know what? I'm Well, I'm sick of being called names. Well, we've all got jobs that we're all compensated for. And we all have to do those jobs. And then and that one, and that's your job. You got to do that. You know what, Sue? So, Phantom, before uh, coming back on live on the radio, he reminded me of something, and that's that tonight is Light Up Downtown. And we went to this last year, and, uh, and I'll be honest, one of the funniest things for me is I said to Phantom, I was like, dude, when are they going to light the tree? And he was like, dude, that's it. The tree's lit. I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, I mean, I'm just, I, I didn't realize I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a, of a production. They just kind of snug it up on me there. A little bit of pomp and circumstance behind it, but, yeah. you know. Right? But then we're like walking around like hot chocolate in hand. And this little fat pudgy kid had just like had enough. You know, like you ever see like parents and they're just dragging some kid through something, and you can tell by the look on his face he's been he's been over it for about two hours. He just wants to go home, and the kid was just on the ground like making snow angels in the dirt. In the dirt. <laughs> there was no snow, and he's just making snow angels in front of those like picnic tables. Right there at uh, you know Market Square, which is hilarious because if you go by there at noon, you can watch a grown man make snow angels in the dirt out there too, just rolling around in it. Um, so I'm glad we're talking about Christmas right now. Oh no, we uh, the ho- I, we, we we weren't. We were talking about light up downtown. That's not Christmas. Hell, dude, come on now. The holidays are okay. Upon what us. do you want to know? I want to know. Have you got started with your Christmas commercial yet? Remember, we have to do those Christmas commercials. Why are you doing this? I'm to doing me? it because I want to make sure you do yours. No, no, you want me to jump up and down on the company, <laughs> and you want me to tap dance on the. We're gonna get in trouble. So you know what I'm gonna do it. Here yeah, go. I don't. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. No, I don't know. So I, remind me again what it is I'm supposed to do because I read the email a week ago and I don't even. I, I'm. I like. I got mad about it and I pushed it out inside of my brain. Essentially, what am I supposed to do now? Essentially, one of our sister stations, my 1017, has gone like all uh, Santa's like snowballs, right? Yeah, dude. It's okay. all Santa all the time over there on okay. my 1017. That makes sense. There's and people that need that. The boss wants to make sure that that's being promoted across the board. Well, wait a minute. Why are we not making sure that this? 
product gets promoted throughout the year. Santa does a lot better in the testing. Santa is, dude, his, his familiarity score is through the roof. Dude, here's the thing. I refuse to admit that in Canton, Ohio, that Santa's more popular than me. Online poll. Do it. I want to know. So so they're all Christmas all the time. And dude, they want- no, dude, here's the thing. Here's I'll tell you how I know I'm more popular than Santa. You want to know? Tomorrow's how I know. Long haul against hunger's how I know. Last year, they brought me a mountain of macaroni and cheese. They expect Santa to bring things to them. People are bringing me stuff. Ha! How you like that, Santa? And Canton, you're my bitch. So now what we're supposed to do is cut commercials, letting the listeners of Rock After I just called Santa my bitch, <laughs> you think my boss wants me to cut a Christmas commercial? Letting the listeners of Rock 106.9 know that there is now Christmas music all the way up until Christmas on My 1017. Well, so, didn't you just do it? Well, so that's one of them. We have to record them. We have to make sure that they're all, you know. And, and uh, listen, I've listened to other people in the building. Do I've, we have them? I don't have, no, I don't have mommy. But I've listened to other people in the building, and they kick ass. They're so much better than what you and I were thinking we were going to do. Really? Like, I just thought it was going to be, hey, it's Phantone, dude. You're going to like Christmas. There's Santa, Rudolph. It's going to be great. Well, our Jimmy Fallon went all Jimmy Fallon, oh, didn't he? Oh, dude. And even in uh, what I'm talking about is a morning show chick in this building. No kicked, way. Kicked our ass already. No way. We haven't even done the assignment. She already okay. beat us. Well, now I have another assignment for you. Find me that audio, and we'll preview it on the air today. I need to I need to hear that. I don't buy that. Nobody could cheese it up more than you. She cheesed it up more than you. Oh dude, it was it was cheesy. It was mac and cheesy, some people might say. See? What did I just say? Nobody's cheesier than him. Nobody. Wow. See, that's how to see, oh, you and you, you're such a manipulator. <laughs> this is how he got me to do it, right? Because let me tell you what happened. Boss man was like, I know Stansberry's kind of a curmudgeon, doesn't want to do the Christmas commercial. Find a way to make him do it. So what Fantone did was like, ah, I'll tell him the chick down the hall did a better job than he could ever do. And now you know I'm going to be here at like 7 o'clock. It's going to be really like revision 500. Oh, dude, yeah. You hear that, dude, Canton? You're getting the best Christmas commercial <laughs> effing ever. Unless I, unless I forget to do it and leave, leave early like I normally do. Oh, you're such a manipulator. Oh, I hate you not right now. Very clever. Do what I can. Very clever. Do what I can. All right, we lost a legend. And I want to take this seriously. Okay. Now, I know Prince, big deal, right? Yeah. Sting, big deal. And I know there were a few. Lemmy. Lemmy. Did, did Sting die? Oh, You're saying right. David Bowie's who you mean, right? That's did right. Sting die? Sorry, Sting. I'm a little concerned there. I was like, sorry, Sting. Maybe, dude, I'm sorry. A little, dude, a little wishful thinking there. Okay. Okay. I was, I was a little worried. But. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Sting is fine. All eyes on Sting. He's good. No, you're right. David Bowie is what I've been meaning. I'm okay. so sorry. Right. So, yeah. Legend, right? I get it. Prince, got it. Right. Okay? Lemmy, big fan. Died, got it. Totally right. understand. So, right. I understand. But, like, when people go overboard on this stuff, it's kind of annoying. It is. And so, and when we read this stuff online, we're just like, all right, enough. I get it. You liked Little Red Corvette. I got it. But I want to get all blubbery about a legend that we lost yesterday. Okay. And, you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe this is because he's one of these unsung heroes where you didn't know his name until he died. And that is the guy that created the Big Mac. <laughs> Still don't know his name. <laughs> I don't care enough to, to, to tell you what it is. It's Jim Delegati, I believe it okay, is. Okay, Jim Delegati. He created the Big Mac, and he died. 98 years old. So that kind of flies into the face of don't eat this stuff. A little bit there, 
right? Well, how frequently was he eating? Well, it? I don't know, but he owns franchises since the fifties. My guess is he, you know, every once in a while, dude, you're there, you're a franchise. You're grabbing a handful of fries as you're walking out, right? I'm going to assume the good people at Philip Morris aren't all chiefing out cigarettes all the time. I'm going to assume that there's probably a, a plenty of. Uh, you I know. bet the dudes at Pornhub are wagging <laughs> right now. I bet right now that boardroom looks really bad. Okay, but here's the thing: this guy seriously was like a fast food legend. Okay. I, I know I'm, I know there's a little hyperbole in what I'm doing, but think about how influential in your life McDonald's has been. And one of the things that did that was definitely the Big Mac. Oh, the Big Macs will put it all on the map. I think without the Big Mac at that point, don't get me wrong, McDonald's certainly would have you know succeeded. But it really, I mean, would it have? Because it's the iconic, it's essentially the face of that brand. More than like anything else, that's the one. That are the fries. But it's a coin flip there, and that's still a hell of a compliment. Well, and, and you have to think, though, that's us looking back at it from now. Um, when it came to establishing McDonald's as the powerhouse no, that, that it is, yeah. it was the Big Mac. For sure. Because the fries, sure, they're great, they're awesome, but they were a side dish, you it was, know? It was like the first different thing. It was like seven ingredients, and obviously everybody knows the sauce. And we, I, I forgot about this. Like, we all kind of know what's in that sauce, but we don't really know. And apparently McDonald's auctioned off a bottle of that stuff last year, went for like 12 grand. Jeez, I think it's just like... It's like Thousand Island dressing, ketchup, ketchup mayonnaise, and a little pickle, right? Yeah, so I don't think I don't think we're, you know... In Whatever it. it is, it's delicious. Oh, dude, the Big Mac sauce is great. But apparently when he first made it, he didn't have the center piece of bread in it. Oh. And it was a little too sloppy. It moved around a little too oh. much. So he was like, let's stabilize it. More carbs, get it in there. And I, what a great idea. Now, here's the thing. Not just the creator of the Big Mac. He also created the other thing that made them wildly successful and another one of their like staple brands, this time for the morning, which was the Egg McMuffin. That was his too. Two good, two good sandwiches right there. The hotcakes and sausage platter. Jim Delegati. Dude. Hero. Legend. You can have Prince. You know what I mean? You can have them, dude. Give me, I, dude. This guy, dude, he created all the best stuff. Well, I mean, I, dude, you talk about the egg McMuffin and the Big Mac. I mean, those are two obvious. Like, without McDonald's breakfast, dude, more hospital beds have been filled by those right. two things than anything else. Without McDonald's breakfast, I, you know, that that's another one of those things that really does set them apart from everyone else, and especially, you know, 30 years ago. It's what made everybody else follow suit. Right, right. Those those really were trailblazing ideas. You don't so have for, the Whopper without the Big Mac. So for two of those to come out of one dude, that really is impressive. He's amazing. And he was just a guy, he was like one of the first franchisees, and he was like, you know what, There's a, we should be doing stuff differently. That's how you know, man. You got to always be listening to everybody around, except for that guy we work with that nobody likes. <laughs> now, I, I guess what I, what I will say is this story of Jim Delagasi, not necessarily possible. Jim Delagati, Jesus. Jim Delagati, God, dude, the guy died. <laughs> the guy died. Not necessarily possible today, because if you're a McDonald's franchisee and you're like, hey, dudes, I invented this new burger. You, we should sell it at McDonald's. McDonald's ain't going for that. Dude, when I go in my boss's office, I'm like, dude, the new Breaking Benjamin's pretty good. He throws things at <laughs> Well, I mean, but like, you know, you, you know and, and that goes to show you where even like DJs and fast food places years ago could do things, could kind of like, hey, I'll try to break this record or we'll try this new burger. We'll try this new sandwich. We'll try this new thing. Dude, you can't do that at McDonald's right now. You'd, you'd get your, your franchise taken away in a oh, heartbeat. Oh, in a heartbeat. In yeah, a heartbeat. They, they don't care about that. Yeah. But there it is. That's an American icon, a hero, I would say. Where's Big Mac on your uh, on your burgers list? Uh, if, if you're doing fast food burgers, I mean...
All right, I don't eat it a lot. Okay. Is and 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 when I'm in like a fast food like uh, you know uh, fervor when I'm going to those places a lot. I, I McDonald's is a place I'll go a lot, but it, it's not one of my favorite things there. But every once in a while, I have to have it. Like I have to have one every once in a while. Big Mac Whopper, where they where they up for you? Dude, the Whopper with cheese is really good. It is good. There's something about the mayonnaise that Burger King uses that I maybe prefer over the special sauce, and I feel like it's bigger. It's fresher tasting, and I think it's partly the condiments. There's the flame grilled aspect to it. Yeah. I'm going Whopper over Big Mac. But I they're hear, both delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Wow. Dude, I just called the guy an icon. Yeah, so suck on that, Jim Delagotti. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Somebody, dude, I'm interviewing the guy that, that that created the Whopper. I'm doing that next week. Find me the Whopper, dude. He's probably dead, too. Probably. <laughs> I would <laughs> imagine both so. these things have been around since before I was born, so I would imagine. Guy's probably gone, too. All right. One of, my, uh, one of my least favorite things that has happened over the last year, and especially while the election was going on, is the media, the media, the media, and everybody wants to blame the media for stuff. I now have the silver bullet. I now have the silver bullet to shoot through that argument. It's time we start blaming the media. It's you. It's me. It's not the media's fault. And I'll prove it to you next on the Stansbury. Six nine. Come on. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Apparently not on iHeartRadio today. I have uh, taken plenty of messages, and I'm not yelling at you guys for sending them. I appreciate it. We want to know when things aren't working right. But, uh, yeah, apparently there's some uh, issues with iHeartRadio this morning. Here's the good news. I'm trying to stay on the positive sides of things lately. Good. And uh, (laughs) I don't need you flipping out. And actually, you did hear me say during the break today, you know what? Nothing I can do about that. So I'm not going to get mad about it because it's not going to change it. Changing my outlook these days. The good news is, is at least it seems like people care. Like when when iHeartRadio goes down and people can't listen to the program, you guys freak out and you care, which that's I'm going to take that as my silver lining. I'm going to remind you that tomorrow, Long Haul Against Hunger, we're going to be broadcasting live from the Giant Eagle up on the Strip. Starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, we'll be out there till 7 o'clock that evening. Taking food, cash, check, monetary donations. To benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, where we uh, took a tour of and visited yesterday. It's an impressive operation over there. Uh, Those people do amazing work. And you guys came out. In record numbers the last two years, and we would uh, we would obviously love to see that again. Uh, I have not eating I have not eaten anything out of the donation box. Um, I got enough weird looks and and uh, strange messages over the last year about that. I know we did it. We had a smashing success with the macaroni and cheese uh, last year. I would kind of like to see that continue this year. Uh, you know, if we want to make the mac and cheese mountain thing like a yearly thing, that would be awesome. I think that's a cool thing. Um, I eventually I'd like to have Kraft come in on board with that and do something cool with us with that. But uh, we would just love to see you out. We'll have Stan's Ratio stickers. Also going to be getting you guys signed up for uh, three-day passes for Rock on the Range all day tomorrow with Long Haul Against Hunger. We'll be up on the Giant Eagle. Uh, looking forward to that. So that'll be tomorrow. <sighs> all right. Over this last few months, given the election and everything, we heard, well, it was fake news. Fake news. It's just everywhere. Fake news. And then another one of the big, you know, when people don't know who to blame anymore, it's like, well, it's the media's fault. It's the, the media, the media, they're, they're untrustworthy, the media. And I saw something happen yesterday of an article being passed around where it wasn't fake news and it wasn't the media. It was you and it was me 
and it was us, and it was how we pass information around without knowing what is inside the information. And I saw this yesterday, and I'm going to get the back of our current president, Barack Obama, during this. And I saw anti-Obama people passing this around yesterday, and I could tell you didn't read it. And I was like, well, there's no way that's what he actually said, so let me read it. And then I read it, and I realized, wow, this media outlet actually gave me all of the information. It wasn't just, here's what, here's this thing. No, that may have been in the link to get you to click it or to get you to be interested in it. But inside the body of work, all the information is laid out for you. And anti-Obama people were passing this around yesterday saying, see, look at Obama blaming this, blaming this. When, when you read it all, he mentions this thing that set you off, but he really blames something else. And he goes into personal accountability, which is why I'm going to get Barack Obama's back on this. Because, again, when he's right, I'm going to tell you when he's right. When he's wrong, I'm, or when, when I believe he's right, I'm going to tell you I believe he's right. And when I believe he's wrong, that's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not full on in anybody's camp, okay? But I saw this being passed around yesterday. And the headline is, Barack Obama blames Fox News for the loss, for Hillary Clinton's loss. Okay? Now, we talked about how Fox News is on in a lot of bars and stuff, and, you know, the volume's down, you see the scrolls, and you see people, and he says that stuff just kind of gets in people's heads, right? And so people were just passing this around. Oh, Barack Obama's blaming Fox News for the loss. Of course he is. He, he can't blame this. He can't blame this. Okay, so I'm going to read you, because this was what he, it, it was an interview he did with Rolling Stone. So inside the article... Barack Obama talks about Fox, Fox News, but then he talks about other things that we needed to blame the loss of this election on. But nobody was talking about that. We were just passing this around. Here's the quote. In this election, white blue-collar workers turned out in huge numbers for Trump. And I think that part of that has to do with our inability, our failure, to reach those voters effectively. Part of it is Fox News in every bar and restaurant in big chunks in the country Right, And that's what set you off. Oh my God, he's blaming Fox News. But you passed this around before you read it. Because here comes the other part. He says, but part of it is also the Democrats not working at a grassroots level. Being in there. Showing up. Making arguments. That part of the critique of the Democratic Party is accurate, he says. We spend a lot of time focused on international policy and national policy. Less time being on the ground. And when we're on the ground, we do well. Again, there's a little personal accountability in that. And I believe that he's right about some of that. And you can't deny the Fox News effect being on in restaurants and bars across the country. You can't deny that. Part of that was that. But see, he goes on to blame the party itself and how they handled it. But we were passing this around yesterday and we were just the media and up fake news. This is real news being passed around poorly by us. It's not the media moving us around. It's not fake news. It's us. It's us. We don't take the time to discern between what we should be reading and what we shouldn't. Myself included. Notice I keep saying us because I'm as guilty of this as anybody else. But it's time now for the average person to just stop screaming the word media when you don't have the answer. Because you're part of the problem. We are part of the problem. Not part of the problem. We are the problem. Why do you think the media is the way it is? Because that's how they get us to pay attention to it. Again, they're reacting 
to us. They're giving it to it the way it will be effective because of us. It's not them. I think it's a two-way street. I do. I mean, there's there's a responsibility of media outlets to be accurate and fair and to have some sort of... I can't uh, argue that. Of, ...of have some sort of integrity. There's there's definitely a, a responsibility for media outlets that are journalistic in nature. I'm not saying we as a, stands, or as a rock morning show need to, need to have that same standard put upon no. us. Because those are different things. Different outlets. But there certainly is a, a, a lack of responsibility when it comes to the viewing audience of, well, it's what's in front of me. Facebook said it. I believe it. And it's good enough for me. You can't just go into the echo chamber and expect to walk out with anything more. Fair. I also think a lot of people look at the blogosphere as news outlets, and I'm not sure we should. Are they? I mean, I know we kind of have lumped them in that way, but should it be that way? I guess when we were tackling a bigger issue, it depends. It depends on the outlet. I mean, there are certainly alternative media outlets out there that are very reputable that do their on homework. both sides. Yes, right, 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 right. I mean, alternative media outlets on left, on the right, on every, on, on all, all fronts. But you have to be able to decipher between those and the ones that are just out there getting you to click on stuff because you, you, that's what you believe. I, 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 you know, neither one of us huge fans of memes, but I, I saw this one over the past couple of weeks, and you know, it was your parents in 1996, uh, don't believe anything you read on the internet. Don't believe anything at all. Your parents in 2016, Hillary invented AIDS, and I read it on RedEagle.com, and it's just like, dude, like there's there's such a, a distinct difference there from how we used to treat things on the internet, and it's like, oh, none of it, it's all fake. Be- because it's all it was lies. fringe. It was fringe, and now dude, they've got us addicted to the internet because of how, how many different things it gives you. And so all of a sudden, you're right about that. All of a sudden, it becomes viable. You believe it because of how much you rely on it. Your banking is done via the internet. Your music listening is done. Dude, look how many people are freaked out they can't listen to the show today. Somebody, somebody just sent me a message. How do I listen to you if, I'm, if it's not on iHeartRadio? The radio. Yeah, the FM terrestrial. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not making fun of that, dude, because maybe he lives outside of the listening right. area and just wants to listen online. I'm just saying, dude, people rely on the internet in a way that we didn't in 1990. At first, it was just, yeah, pedophiles, chat rooms, right. and you know what I mean? Right. But now, once it became music and banking and porn and like every, and Netflix and all this other stuff, we're so, we're so reliant on it that uh, it seems more trustworthy. Much like you always say, and you're right about this, people will go into a medical center, they'll see somebody in a smock and just assume they're the smartest person in the world. Eh, you know what you're talking about. Hey, what do you think about this on me? Is this an issue? The internet has done the same thing. It's become viable that way. You see it and just believe it because of how much you rely on it for your daily life. But when I saw this being passed around by anti-Obama people yesterday and anti-Democrat people yesterday, I was like, see, you just want to pass this around because it's confirmation bias. You think that this agrees with you, but when it doesn't. When you read it, he actually goes into a real reason why they lost. Yeah, as a smug liberal prick, I must say I'm very happy about hearing Obama kind of give that you know that that report of like hey no we f this up this wasn't because fox news this wasn't because of anything else for him to say that i think that shows, you know i love that yeah i think it, i think that, that shows a lot you know what it showed me leadership honestly it did that showed me leadership yesterday and i've questioned his leadership throughout his eight-year run because there's been times where that's been warranted and i'm going to say this and i'm going to make a lot of you mad especially since i know how this county voted in this last election but make no mistake people i really believe not that I agree with everything he did. God knows I didn't. But I think there will be a time, and I don't think it's going to be all that long, where we legitimately miss Barack Obama. I think there. I, I think there. I think heart. I think action wasn't always right, but heart pretty much in the right place. A lot of times, most times, I'd say. 
And when I read that yesterday, I was like, yeah, see, that's what a guy who has the not, that's what he, that's what you say. That's what you say. That's presidential. You know, you hear it all the time. That presidential voice, say what you want. Uh, he, he did a lot of, in my opinion, wrong things with the, you know, with the pen. But Barack Obama has presidential voice. He does. And he made a lot of sense with that yesterday. And a bunch of people were passing around. And I was like, oh, my God, look, the media gets blamed. But the me- it's not the media's fault. It's your fault. It's not fake news sites' fault. Even when you guys have response, even you guys, even when we, again, I'm going to throw myself in here. Even when we have a real news site, responsible journalism, fair showing you both sides, we still pass it around wrongly. Stop yelling media at the top of your lungs because you don't have an answer. Stop just yelling media. All right. Kind of done with that. You see it all the time when you start a movie based on a true story. But is it really? We'll get into that next on the Sansbury Show. Come. Rock 106.9 WRQK is conducting a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test and should last seven seconds. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just heard Guns N' Roses there. I uh, I heard yesterday that they have officially announced that they're going to continue to tour through parts of uh, 2017, which made me very happy. I didn't go to one of those shows, and I really hate myself for it. All I heard was how good they were. And uh, obviously a huge fan of the band. Love Appetite for Destruction. I've argued it's probably the greatest debut record of all time. And I don't even think probably. I think it's solidified the greatest debut record of all time. And uh, to not have seen that show kind of bummed me out. So I'm glad they're going to tour some more. Um, they didn't come to Northeast Ohio last time, did they? It was Pittsburgh and Detroit, I believe. Screw both those cities. And, uh, well, I mean, screw the city, but I would have went and seen Guns N' Roses. I'm just saying maybe they'll make a Blossom uh, appearance or something. Um, yeah, uh, my guess is when you, when you start doing... They wanted to gauge the interest and they wanted to do big shows. Now that they've seen like a lot of the people come out, they know that they'll be able to like sell out you know, places like the Q pretty easily and stuff like that. So that's probably where it'll be. But a Blossom would be awesome. Hell yeah, it would be. That'd be awesome. So hopefully I get to see that. Fantone is your, uh, n- well, one of your new in arena hosts. Over at the Civic Center for the Can't Charge games. His uh, debut game will be tomorrow night. We have tickets for that game. We'll pass those out 745 this morning. Hashtag charge off. Your boy's excited. You should be excited about that. It's awesome. And around 830, we'll get you hooked up with a three-day pass for Rock on the Range this May down at Columbus Matt Fire Stadium. Metallica Corn Soundgarden. List of others. That uh, that full lineup available for you at WRQK.com. You see it all the time when you start a TV show or a movie press play and it's on so many shows and so many movies anymore that that it it, it flies by you and you don't even realize it based on a true story and I've always been a little curious as well how true and what are the qualifications for you to be able to say based on a true story people are suckers for that like oh my god this happened to a real person this could happen to me too it really does kind of build into the mystique of whatever story relatable watch yeah yeah and it, it, for some reason, it makes it more worthy to watch it. You know, to, to me anyway, it's like, okay, well, what happened? Let me let, let me see what happens. Yeah, people treat fiction and nonfiction differently. I don't know why necessarily. I do for sure. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of of you know, well, it, there's more validity to a story if it really happened. 
I, mean, but I guess. is the story you're about to see on the screen what really happened? So in the end, it, everything's kind of fiction. And so I read this article yesterday. Yahoo News put this out. And they made me aware of a site called informationisbeautiful.net. And they did some examining of based on a true story movies. And a movie that caused all kind of controversy had everybody talking about it. And people felt one way or the other about it was that American Sniper movie. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was a very... Um, With dem- Bradley Cooper, right? People either loved it or hated it. And by the time I saw American Sniper, I had heard so much about it on both ways, on both sides, that by the time I watched it, I was like, okay, movie. I thought it was weird that they used a fake baby at the end. I know everybody talked about that when it came out. But we, after that movie came out, because of the, the verbiage written on the screen... Based on a true story, we all do this. We all walk away from the, the, the thinking historical fact, what we just saw, right? That's kind of what happens. Well, especially when you consider um, Chris Kyle, when you, consi- yeah. when you consider how highly revered he was and his wife's story and everything that we've kind of been told about that guy and, and how he's the best of what America has to offer, it was very easy to buy into that and to want to believe that and to want that all to be true. Like, USA! USA! Who wouldn't want to believe it? Right. So by the time, like I said, by the time I saw the movie, it was already like, you know, it was past theaters. It was on, you know, I, I, I think I read Boxer or whatever. So it had been long out. But I don't even really remember the movie, really. I remember the end of it where the credits where they were showing real scenes from Texas where people were lining the freeways for that guy. I mean, do people loved that man? And so, like, that's what I remember of that is. But based on a true story, right? That was the whole thing based on a true story. And I know most of us walked away from that thinking that was historical fact. Okay. So Information is Beautiful looked into not just that movie, a lot of other movies, we're going to discuss those, but American Sniper was one of those movies that kind of like, it, it strung like the fork inside people, right? And American Sniper came back after looking at it and examining it at only 57% accurate. Only 57%, just over halfway accurate. Is that all right? Is that okay to put on a screen, especially about a real situation like that? Like, and I know based on a true story, well, they're all should be real stories, right? I'm talking military, what's happening, like, right? Like, should that be okay? Should the standard not have to be higher to put based on a true story than 57% accurate? Um, I mean, there's a couple different angles we're coming from. If you're looking at it from the movie studio or the producer's seat, it, it's telling you what it is. It's based on a true story. Not that this is factually correct or not that this is historically accurate. You're using accurate words to create a loophole, and right. that's that's their right. I understand that. And, 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 and I mean, if anything, I mean... We as an audience have to recognize the fact that words matter. Hearing based on a true story versus a a historical documentary or something like that, those are two different things. Much like 20 minutes ago when I rallied against real news and fake news, that it's up to the viewer to decide. But how am I to decide when, uh, especially when something about like American Sniper, where do I know everything? Where do I get everything? Well, I mean, that's kind of up to you to decide of like, well, how deep into this do I want to go? I mean, obviously, with something like American Sniper and 
and with that Chris Kyle story, I mean, in his book and stuff, and even in his like you know tellings of of what happened over there, there were plenty of people throughout this before the movie. The whole Jesse Ventura thing, right? That started pointing out major inaccuracies that this guy had. Now, some people don't want to hear about that because in their mind, this is an American hero. So, am I to understand that? Are you building your argument on uh, on the guys of that's how the movie got to only fifty you know fifty seven percent accurate because the book kind of started out a little inaccurate, probably at least somewhat. I mean, right? There has to be some level of well, this is what the book said. To be fair to the conversation, you'd have to bring that up. You would. Fifty. I just, I would like a standard maybe set, and I don't know how you do it. And the movie studios will never go for it because you're going to make a lot less money. Because you do, if, to get the American public to sit down and watch something, you gotta have to Hollywood it. You well, do right. And I mean, if you were historically accurate with things, it's just not going to be as interesting as a story. You're always going to have to spice things up. Well, the actors always have to be better looking than the real people and that kind of thing. I, I understand some of that. Now, The Wolf of Wall Street, another big movie. Everybody loved that movie. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. Now, uh, Fantone, I know what you're going to say about The Wolf of Wall Street. Could have been an hour shorter. Oh, could have been at <laughs> least an hour shorter, and it still would have been too long. But, dude, that movie, just so over the top. I Ugh. I liked Wolf of Wall Street, okay? I agree, little long, probably could have handled everything in, in, in a shorter manner. But overall, I really like that movie. Now, that movie, according to informationisbeautiful.net, Reports that the Wolf of Wall Street came back at 75% accurate. So this can be done. My point is, it can be done. So is it all right that we pick and choose where we do that? Well, yeah. Now, is subject matter going to change some of that, maybe? Subject matter, uh, how how easy things are to verify is going to change, you know, kind of a part of the equation there. And uh, is is it okay I, I, yeah, if, it's, if if all you're saying is it's based on a true story, then I, it, I dude, if it's if it's two percent accurate, it's still within the realm of what I think they're allowed to do. In a movie that I did not see, again tackling very uncomfortable subject matter like American Sniper did, and, and again this is a movie I didn't see, so I can't tell you. But according to information is beautiful dot net, Twelve Years a Slave, based on a true story came back at 88% accurate. Now, that when I read that, I'm like, okay, given what slavery was, given what that subject matter was, that's responsible, and I want it to be that close. Otherwise, you're just stirring, because people walk away, and I know that this is the blame's us. It's not the movie studio, but people walk away from based on a true story as historical fact, as if we're being educated by the movie. We all do that. We're all guilty of it. I know I've been guilty of that, and that's how I know you have too, everybody, at, at one point or another. So if we're going to tackle serious subject matter that makes us pit against one another, foam at the mouth at one another, I can't believe I'm arguing for, for Hollywood to have to make movies a certain way. I'm getting old, dude. <laughs> but like, there's something about based on a true story that it's like if you're going to pretend – to move my uh, my intelligence meter, if you're going to do that, or to, to to show me a side of a story, because it's like because the whole based on a true story thing, it's kind of like they're telling you that of you have to see this, 
right? Like, you, like you, you, it's basically a, I didn't look at it that way moment. And so, like, it, they kind of need to be accurate. Uh, but when you start getting into that, I mean, is that only going to apply to what you view as, like, historically important things? Because, I mean, a, a great example of a movie that took a ton of liberties with its story of versus what actually happened is Rudy, where, it, I mean, it, that's still... Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, Joe Montana has said a million times none of that stuff happened. That's still a very, you know... What do I want to say? His, you know, history is involved in that. That's a part of a storied franchise in college football. But it's like, well, it's okay because they're just talking about football. Now, when they're talking about war, you got to be over 75%. It's like, I don't know. I, that, that's, a, that's a weird line to start moving on people. Okay. That's a fair argument. It's just, I, I worry. Maybe it's when I see it in, in, in military-based products, movies, TV shows, and anything racially charged, I'd like for it to be accurate. Is it, I mean, insane ballpark is stolen valor? I mean, when you start putting inaccuracies and you start putting, I don't want to say lies. When when I woke up this morning, I wanted to go there with Clint Eastwood, the director of that movie. I wanted to go there because everybody knows that's like the thing that sets me off. I don't get offended by a lot. I didn't serve and I view stolen valor as awful. My father did serve. I view it as awful. That's like the one thing that offends me. And I thought about that when I woke up. I was like, am I going to go all the way to stolen valor with Clint Eastwood? And I don't know if I can. And that's why I didn't want to, but I like the fact that you brought the question up. It's it's in the ballpark. It's it part of the conversation, be. right? Because if I would imagine, and again, I just said I did not serve, so I don't have perspective. But I would imagine men who did, men and women who did. Sorry, I didn't mean to misspeak there. I would imagine men and women who did serve would want that to be as closely portrayed as true as humanly possible, right? I would think. And I guess maybe that's my line. If you're talking about wars that have shaped the politics and my life as a whole on a grand scale and anything racially charged, I want it to be closer than 57, right? We could agree there. Well, if we're going to talk about that, then we have to start looking at, the, at, at at all media. It can't just be movies. I mean, you know, World War II video games are based on a true story. I mean, they are. So are you going to get into territory there where you can't have zombie Hitler, where you can't have things like that, where you can't, you know. You're using the slippery slope argument. Very slippery slope. Yeah, there. but that's normally the argument of, uh, that's normally where people go when they don't have a solid argument. But I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're right either. Now, I, I think I, I think there's a difference. I don't think people go, I don't think, all right, I play World War II video games right, all the time. right. Like I said, I've been guilty of walking away from a movie where it was based on a true story and going, well, that's the way everything went down. That's fact. I've been dumb enough to do that. I don't ever walk away from the video games thinking about it anymore once I turned it off. If you don't think there's people out there who do, though, that's you. If you don't think there's people out there who do, who played through Call of Duty, World War II, and, and think just been that's like, it, right? well, that's, that's how it all happened. Oh, yeah. come on now. I guess I'm making my circle too small there. Because you're right. Does a 20-year-old kid look at that the same way I do? Probably not. Man, you had to go to the thing I love yep, to get yep. me to abandon Video my games argument. and stolen valor, Stansberry. I'll throw a monkey wrench right in that argument. The entire list is uh, at informationisbeautiful.net. I, th- I I felt like that was interesting, and I felt like it deserved a little conversation. I, I, I'm going to maintain. I'm going to maintain. Based on a true story, dude, if you're giving me something racially charged or military-based, I'd kind of like, I'll say this, I want it at least over 57%. Because I think those are the things that make people foam at the mouth, and those are the things that separate us, and I would like for them to be as accurate as humanly possible so we can stop being separated and start being 
Unified. All right, that's a little too hands across America for me even. We're done there. We will get you hooked up with a pair of charge tickets to check out Phantom tomorrow night at the Civic Center. We'll do that next on the Sandsbury Show. Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Today is World's AIDS Day, and we're supporting the fight to end AIDS by changing our name to iHeartRed. Help us create an AIDS-free generation by the year 2020. You can enter to win an amazing celebrity experience with you too. Go to amaze.com, O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash red this month to support red and save lives. That really is an ambitious goal to uh, to to stomp out AIDS by 2020. And I guess, you know, you look at the progress made thus far and it's like, well, now if ever is the time to really throw it into overdrive and, and eradicate this disease. Oh, for sure. I would have to imagine we can create that, that we could find that. And you can help us do that. So I saw this yesterday and I'm... You know, sometimes we create things that we just don't need. Like, do we really need more dating sites? Right? Like, do you need... You have Tinder, which is like the let's just hook up. And POF, which is like the let's just trade HPV. Like, so we have those. And then you have, like, Farmers Only and Christian Mingles and, you know, you know, uh, and, and, you know, meetblackpeople.com or whatever. Like, there's a million of these. Now, I under... Which is weird to me. Personally, I, I, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I guess I get it. Like, you kind of want to find people who are have similar interests than you. Yeah. And I, I think the more um, you want to have a specialized, you, you have an idea of what you want out of a partner and the website that can help you be more specific about that. I understand why that exists. Looking to hone down. Now, I understand it. But what, what in my opinion, what ends up happening here is people lie. Right. And the, the you know, next thing you know, those people on Christian Mingles aren't all like, you know, deacons at their local church there's you know there's still people out there on the, you know on the hunt for vagina and you know and you know men and all that right and so, you could apply that to anywhere in life though sure. not everybody in the church is necessarily no. going to be a believer no no no, no 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 believe me i learned that when my dad died i watched a whole congregation of people turn and flip of who they really were trying to tell people they were it's a whole other story but there's a uh, there's a new like hookup app that i'm not sure that we need Okay, and this is Naked Tinder, and it's for it's all for nudists. It's all for nudists, and what it is is you upload photos in everyday life situations, but you're naked, so everybody sees what you are like before you start communicating. So you know what each other looks like naked before you go out. Now my thing is, is I would imagine. That most of the people who are using these types of apps these days are on the younger spectrum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, don't we know that the younger people aren't afraid to send pictures of their genitals? So aren't you just still just better served being on Tinder and then being asked for the D pick and then sending it? No, because sexting sexting is different than the lifestyle of being a nudist. You know what I mean? Like those are two really, you know, both involve nudity, but those are two very different things going on there. So if I'm a nudist, I'm not necessarily concerned with, well, are they going to send me pictures of them naked? It's are they going to be comfortable in this lifestyle that I've decided to live? Nudist Friends boasts that it's the number one site for nudists. 
And uh, this site where I'm reading this, uh, Thrillist, says it's because there's not that many yeah. other sites out there dedicated to it. How much would it suck to be the number two site for nudists? Like, damn it, son of a bitch. They say nudism is a fun, healthy, freeing, and wholesome way for men and women to socialize and live without clothes. Naturism is a philosophy that values a simplicity and increased harmony with nature. It sounds very, I don't know, it sounds very hippie to me. Well, I mean, talk- it is. Well, I mean, we're talking about we're people. Talking about, uh, colony here. We're talking yeah. about people frolicking around nude. Yeah, there's definitely. Okay, be I will that. be honest with you. I'm not comfortable enough in my in my body to live as a nudist. I think a lot of nudists would probably tell you the way to get over that is to come try the lifestyle out and to come. Yeah, see I know. How- Do bungee jumping is supposed to make me not be afraid of heights anymore either? But I'll take your word on it. And come see how free even though I bungee jump, you can truthfully feel and to see how how you know uh, maybe shedding some of the shame that comes with you know uh, body image and 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 by embracing your body and allowing it to be in its natural state, maybe that's how you could you like, could you know get rid of that. I'm not sure I would be comfortable on a nude beach. Um, well, and you got to remember, we all think nude beaches and it's like, dude, it's just going to be a bunch of hot people. No, everywhere. it's always like the awful, gross looking people. So that's what I'm saying is that like, I think a lot. Oh, of so people, I fit in dick. Is I'm that saying, what you mean? I'm saying a lot of people probably dude. feel that way. They probably feel that like, Hey, I'm insecure with myself. I don't necessarily feel confident until they put themselves in that situation. And then all of a sudden it's like, dude, it's okay that I'm out here naked. Look at that guy over there. Look at that guy over there. Look at, you know, look at all these people. And like you just roam around your apartment naked, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. I'm not, I'm not necessarily too. Uh, too ashamed when it comes to nudity in my uh, It's not about shame, dude. It's about the cushions on your couch, for Christ's well, sake. Before I'm sitting down on something, I'm going to throw a towel down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that there. I mean, and, and most of the time, that's an after shower thing. Either after shower or after Just kind of like relax. Okay, yeah. I can understand those two. I can. I'll do that, too. No, it's not like I just get home and I'm like, all right, taking it all off and here I go. But, I mean, if I come out of the shower and I'm wearing a towel and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go sit on the couch naked for a while or get done with sex and it's just like, oh, my God, it feels so good. I don't want to put clothes back on. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I, yeah, I mean, after the shower, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would go as far as to, like, put the towel on. Well, I have a leather couch, too. That's a little problematic. Easy wipe off there. No problems at all there. Well, you don't want moisture anywhere. Easy yeah, wipe off. You can take care of it. Don't need moisture anywhere. I, uh, dude, at the end of the day, nude, no, like, am I ever going to be a nudist? Am I ever going to be like, dude, you know what we got to do is go to the nude beach? No, but like, I do think there's probably a little bit of, you know, a little bit of my discomfort with it is jealousy. I'll be, be honest with you. With it. Right. And there is a, and this is why people have a problem with porn stars and all everything else is because there's a little jealousy of looking at people who can do that and be okay with it and be comfortable with it. I can admit that, that there is part of like the nude beach thing and the nudist thing that I want to kind of knock it because I'm like, dude, good for you. Like, good for you that you don't have hangups. I have hangups. And it's not, you know, you're not saying good for you. Oh my God, your body is perfect. It's no. good for you. You have enough confidence in yourself to yeah. do this. And- I have hangups. You don't have hangups, at least about this. Maybe you should, but you don't. <laughs> And it's, you know what I mean? But I will say, it's kind of like how you see women with cutoff shirts. It's never like a hot chick that has a cutoff shirt. It's like, oh, that wasn't even meant to be a cutoff shirt. You're just big and pulling the thing up over the belly button. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, apparently if you're a nudist. Look, I don't want, I, I try not to be a, an authority, like a moral authority when people, because you never know what people are doing in their bedroom, right? You never know. You know what I mean? Like you can find the most straight-laced people. And next thing you know, they're ball gagging each other and it's, you know, it's bad. So, like, I try not to be the moral authority on that. On Sounds that. good to me. Dude. What's bad about that? Dude. 
I don't want the ball gag in my mouth. Well, I like the idea of somebody else shutting up. Well, though. <laughs> I like that. I like, I like that a lot. All right, we do have a pair of tickets for uh, the Canton Charge game. They're playing tomorrow night at the Civic Center. Fantone's going to be here in Arena Host tomorrow night at the Civic Center, so you can check him out as well. Caller 10 right now at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to that. And, I, you know, I maybe shouldn't have done these things back-to-back because they're both sex-related. But the UK is banning things in porn, and Fantone, it's going to set you off. You, dude, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be all up in arms about this. We'll get into that next on the Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Head over to WRQK.com. Check out a video there of a bully gets what's coming to him. Everybody loves when that happens. When somebody who thinks they're big, bad, and tough tries to pick on everybody, impose their will on people, they get what's coming, the comeuppance. It's awesome. Just check that out, WRQK.com. Yeah, but I feel like it gives false hope to some people that, like, dude, if I just stand up to my bully, I'm going to be okay. And no, the like, truth is, the little guy's going to get beat up a lot. Yeah, dude. I mean, your bully, it, it's he, true. he's a psychopath, dude. He's, he has no problem inflicting pain onto others. But Doyle rules. The reason you can't do that is because you have a sense of empathy and you don't want to hurt people. Your bully wants to hurt you. He's going to kick your ass, dude. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna grab you by the throat and yank that empathy right out of you. Right, shove you in a locker, give you a swirly. Yeah, that's why you're getting beat up, because you have empathy. Sissy. What are you doing? Caring about other people? Yeah. Sissy. Learn to be tough. Well, my dad said if I just stand up to you, and then you've got your underwear pulled over your head. Hanging from the flagpole out in front of the school? Just give him your lunch money. Just roll over. Bully gets what's coming to him. That's online at WRQK.com. I've also tweeted it out at Stansbury Show. So you follow me on Twitter. Fantone can be found on Twitter as well, at Fantone. Pretty simple there. Yeah. Not trying to trick you guys. No. Tweets are also unprotected. You're allowed to just totally come and like read stuff. I don't know. There was like a media dude around this area who was like, oh, I'm going to keep my Twitter protected. <sighs> That's why nobody knows who the hell you are, dude. <laughs> but whatever. We also have Rock on the Range passes around 845 this morning. We'll give you those. So, the UK is banning some stuff in pornography. Sorry, British porn sucks anyway. I don't even know if I know British porn. Oh, bloody right, fish and chips, Harry Potter. Oh, bloody right. Oh, there is Harry Potter porn. Oh, it's all out there. British porn sucks. How do you not like what? I I wouldn't even know if I started watching the, the, the thing without like. I mean, well, as soon as 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 you know, like tea and crumpets come out, you know that you're in a British porno, dude. They've got terrible teeth. Is that is that what you just think it is? It's toothless people banging pastries, fish and chips, bloody right, dude. I gotta tell you, give me an hour movie of toothless people banging pastries. Hell, I might watch it. Bloody hell, governor. That's I don't know. That's how, you it, how it goes. Hate those people. America's original enemy, right there, dude. People forget. <laughs> I'm not one to forget about the Revolutionary War. So the non-governmental British Board of Film Classification, okay. the BBFC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see that? Yeah. See? I don't know. I don't know if you throw the F in there if it gets any better <laughs> when you add a BBC. But you know, whatever. You know, whatever. Oh my God! You're right. You throw an F in there, it probably gets worse. <laughs> it gets a little worse there, but the BBFC, okay. they say, spends most of its time giving age-based ratings to things like movies, trailers, and advertisements and the like. Okay. But they have a say over pornographic content as well. And although criminal and extreme images are banned already, they have recently opted, opted, 
to ban some much more, let's say, mainstream, obscene, to put it in quotation marks there, sexual, uh, sexual acts in the porn films. Okay. And as reported by The Independent, the acts likely to be affected by the clause of the Digital Economy Bill, which passed unopposed in the UK House of Commons this last week, are as follows. Things you're not only going to be allowed to do in the pornographic movies. Now, I just said that again, so in case you're one of those people that's like, I don't want to know about that, I gave you good fair warning that you're about to hear that, okay? Things that you are not going to be able to see in pornographic movies created over in the UK. <sighs> terrified right now. Dude, just understand I'm terrified. And I just, get you. Okay, I, I, all right, I, I okay. feel it on you. I, it's, dude, I got to warn him every time. I'll be on my best behavior, sure. Fisting is one of those things. Should I just move forward? Are you, I, 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 are you, are you not able to? I, I, no, no. I mean, okay, okay. So fisting's on the list. So what else? Uh, what else uh, things that you're that you're not allowed to do. Strangulation is going to be on the list of things banned by the UK in pornography. Now I don't get that. I, I, I have found that a lot of sexual partners of mine have enjoyed a little light restriction. Of uh, well, the throat there. Well, is that different than strangling? You know what I'm saying? Is, well, is, is I mean, it, well, splitting hairs at that? Well, point. but I mean, that's what this obviously is going to be all about is 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 the splitting of the hair. So I don't know if like a hand on the throat is going to be considered necessarily the same thing as strangulation with like ropes and things like that. Right. Okay. <laughs> Again, dude, be careful. Okay, face sitting is going to be a thing that they are going to ban in porn in the United Kingdom. I don't understand that. I don't get that. What's the problem with that? I've never banned that in my house, ever. I don't. I don't know how you're banning. I don't know how you're banning that. I, I. I don't get that. Physical or verbal abuse, regardless of consent, Fantone is going to be banned in pornography in the UK. Now I don't understand how you're going to do that either. Physical or verbal abuse comes into porn left and right. Do you know what the population of people it is that likes to be like abused on some level sexually and in that moment they don't view it as abuse? Well, obviously consent makes a huge difference there. And when we really start talking about abuse and the concept of consent, you get into a, a sticky territory there just based on the fact of like there's plenty of people who are being abused right now who don't want their abuser to be taken care of. But that's different than on a porn set. Like those are uh, talking about abuse in a relationship and talking about abuse in, in, in this sense. Those are two different things there. Is that right? I think so. I think so. Okay. All right. Um, Role-playing as non-adults is going to be banned in the UK and porn. So you're not going to be able to role-play as if you're children. Now, I would have to ask, is that going to get into the schoolgirl territory? I mean, dude, if you, lim- if you limit yourself there, well, I mean... Technically, you could keep schoolgirl as college girl, right? But still, like that's a huge subculture of pornography. No, dude, and you could say that that's what they're doing, but they're not. They're I mean, not. I mean, we all know what the what the Catholic schoolgirl outfit it's is. Seventeen and, going on eighteen. That's right. what the fetish is built on. It well, is. Well, if not younger, dude. I mean, let's be real. About, I was like, trying to clean it up. Well, let's be real. I mean, let's be real about like when you know when you're in Catholic school. I mean, for the most part, I, I, to me, that always is like middle school. Like. I, I, 
and I know that's not necessarily yeah, there's true, high schools. but like it, to me, that's always like, all right, you're in the seventh, eighth grade, something like that. So hmm. like, I think there's plenty of people out there who look at that as a far younger thing, and and uh, it's probably if to be fair. I don't look at it that way as like middle school. I always kind of felt like high school was the way to go there. But I, it, it, to be fair to it though, I would imagine that there are enough men. Now, I didn't go to like one of those kind of schools, but like I would imagine there are enough men. You're right, though, where it takes you back to that moment when you first started to notice, when you first started to right. notice girls, right? I mean, and how many. You know, Halloween comes around and it's like, hey, here's a slutty Girl Scouts outfit. I mean, is that off the table now? Because I mean, that has to be right. And dude, we've talked about this before. I mean, there's people out there who are into like baby play who want to be dressed up as like giant babies. Yeah, there are men who want to be put in a diaper. Listen, it's weird. It's not my cup of tea. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. No, dude, they're going to they're going to ban spanking. In pornography in the United Kingdom, how do you get rid of spanking? Is, is, is it so, abuse, though? I mean, it, it's it, so it, basic. They say aggressive whipping, caning, and spanking are all out. Physical violence. I mean, if if if, if you're going with the same route of choking and you can't, you know, any any verbal or physical abuse. I mean, all those things are physically violent. Sure. I uh, I think you're really. I don't know if they care. And, I, and like I said, I don't know how much porn is made over there, how much porn is produced over there. I have no idea. I, I, I've always kind of looked at pornography as one of those things like USA, USA, like we kind of kick ass at the porn, right? Like that is kind of like it was like that. Those have been our exports to the world. Cowboys, mayonnaise and, and you know, pornography, right? That's just kind of what America does. Like I, I know the Japanese are big into it, too, and, and things like that. But I kind of felt like like the porn has always been like America's thing. Like, I don't think you get dude. If you got rid of this stuff. Stuff at like Brazzers and Bang Bros, like nobody's going to watch any of this stuff anymore, right? Well, I mean, certainly, you know, people's tastes have kind of evolved with the access to pornography. And if you took away things like that, there's certainly going to be a lot of people who feel very cheated, who feel very like, well, where'd mine go? Now, see, what wasn't listed in here, okay? Now, they say verbal abuse is, and that's kind of a broad umbrella. But I'll tell you a thing that happens in porn that I don't like. Okay. Now I've kind of talked about like I don't like when people bring religion into the porn, like when dudes are like banging nuns and stuff like that. I just find it uncomfortable. As a as a non-believer and all that stuff, I I still find that to be like just not for me, right? So uncomfortable for me. I don't. It's not offensive. It's uncomfortable. But one of the things that I find weird in porn, and it's weird, and 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 again, it's I I understand it's entertainment, and I understand that you know it's this whole other world. But when they take, and I'm not against interracial porn. But when they take like this little white girl and they make her like scream obscenities at black dudes and like use the N word, like when they make her call them that and there's like a big that, that's like big in porn, like racism is alive and well in porn. You watch that stuff, dude, it comes into play all the time there. It, it's so weird, the, the balance of race and porn where, yes, racism certainly is alive and well in porn. It's alive and well. But it also in the breaks country. down a lot of barriers because people are banging it out together. And people love watching interracial porn, dude. So there really is this weird, like, I'm a little afraid of black people, but I want to watch them bang. <laughs> like, it's just it's just kind of a strange. Well, thing. dude, one of the things and again, I'm going to say this and guys are going to go, no way. And you're going to lie to yourself in your head. Okay. But one of the reasons why men like porn as much as they do, get ready to be pissed at me, dudes, but I'm right about this. One of the reasons you like porn as much as you do, if you watch it a lot, is you're seeing a woman have fun having sex. And you probably don't see that a lot. 
And so, yeah, dude, when you talk about a guy, you know, those black porn stars where they're, you know, they mean their penis is two feet long. Of course, dude, a chick occasionally is going to like that. And you're watching a woman have fun during sex. That's what a lot of the turn on a porn is. You know what I mean? Otherwise, dude, you're watching another naked man do something. That would be horrific. You're obviously getting something out of it. And I would imagine that that's part of it. Not all of it, but it's definitely part of it. I don't think you could ban stuff as easy as spanking and aggressive uh, whipping and role playing and water sports out of American porn. People would freak out. Nor should you. I mean, at the end of the day, if those things aren't your thing, that's fine. Nobody's saying that it has to be your thing, but you really are getting into a territory there where it's like, well, their right to do it is just as important as my right to view it. So you do have to... uh, you, you've got to make room for things that aren't yours. You gotta, you you gotta be okay with that. Especially when we're talking sex, because that you know what I mean. That's a, dude. That's the thing that makes everybody happy. So you got to find a way for everybody to be happy inside that world. I don't know what the UK's doing there. That seems very, very strange to me. Rock on the range. Three day passes are up for grabs at eight forty five on the Stansbury Show. One oh six nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock one oh six nine. Online at WRQK.com. Missed yesterday's show. You can podcast that there. Also take a view of this video. Awesome video of this bully getting what's coming to him. Around 8.45 this morning, we'll get you hooked up with a three-day pass. A pair of three-day passes, rather. For Rock on the Range in Columbus. Matt Fire Stadium down in Columbus. In May, we'll get you hooked up with those around 8.45. And then 9.30 this morning, Phantom. One of the greatest ever makes his return. We'll handle that at 9.30. So the Indians went to the World Series this last season. And we had home field advantage for that because the American League had won the All-Star Game. That's the way it works in baseball. For those of you that don't know, whatever uh, side wins the All-Star Game, that side gets home field advantage for the World Series. Now, this has been a heated subject for people, sports people, forever. Long time I've heard about this. And apparently, Major League Baseball had been in a labor dispute recently. And they were actually, they were threatening a, like a, like a strike, which I don't think makes a ton of sense. I, I, uh, I think they were already having problems keeping eyes on that product. I know the World Series got a, you know huge ratings and this and that, but from what I've heard, they've had problems keeping eyes on that product. I wouldn't do anything to to create more of that. But I, I guess they quashed all that, and uh, they're going to play. But part of what came out of these labor talks, from what I'm understanding this morning, is they've decided now that the All-Star Game will no longer determine... Who gets home field advantage? They're going to go the best record method is what I've been told. And the argument has always been, I like that the all-star game matters, that that there's a reason why it matters. And I understand that argument, but I started thinking about it this morning. I was like, okay, as a guy who's not a strong baseball purist fan or anything, so I'm just kind of like on the outside looking in on it. NFL's All-Star Game doesn't mean anything. I don't believe that the NBA All-Star Game means anything, right? It's just as like I mean it means something to get selected to play in it, but it doesn't it, it doesn't have any any bearing on the rest of the season or anything, I don't believe, right? Phantom, am I right on that? Correct. Okay. 
I believe that's the same way with hockey. So why is it that the one sport, baseball, is like, well, this should matter? I, I just don't know what the argument is. I'm not. I'm not saying that's the wrong argument. I'm just saying I don't know why that's a solidified argument. I think in a perfect world, all the All Star games would matter. Maybe it's not, a, you know, a possibility because I mean you can't have a football game in the middle of the season. That sports that, too physical. Right. It's not. It's not going to work out that way. Should the NBA follow suit? I think so. I mean, I. I. I, I now, I've, the counter argument I've always heard is this. Why, like we'll go back to this year, why should the Cubs have been robbed of home field advantage? I'm presenting the argument. Don't tweet at me and tell me I'm an idiot because I'm, I'm, you think I'm supporting the Cubs. I'm presenting the argument. Why should the Cubs been robbed of home field advantage because a, was it, I think it was a San Diego Padre hit a home run in a game that, I mean, with a bunch of guys that aren't on the field for the World Series. I mean, that guy's not even in the World Series. Why did that home run then take away what the Cubs had done all season long. I, I get that. When people present it to me that way, I'm like, well, that does kind of make sense. Well, I mean, there's still benefit to winning the most games of your, you know, of your division or of your, you know, conference. Because your you're going to play at home throughout the playoff series. Right, right. And I mean, okay. it, divisional series and the like. There's still, there's still advantage in that. Okay. And I mean... Should, I don't know who's right. Here. I, I I think it should be. I think I like the way that it was. I I understand the argument against it, but at the same time, if you can add some sort of what do I want to say here? If you can add some sort of drama to a game that doesn't really matter, okay, well, you need to do that. They looked into that, and the ratings of the World Series or uh, of the All Star Game haven't changed drastically one way or the other since making it matter for the World Series at all. It was still a heavily viewed game and it's remained around the same. They looked into that. So for the for the TV thing it doesn't matter. It's been a wash. I don't know if it's necessarily from like hey this is the this is the eyes on the TV in this moment. I think it's more of a bigger picture thing where you're talking about like you're adding more drama to the overall MLB world. It's not just like hey we want you paying attention during All-Star weekend. I I, I think there's a hey our uh, our, our sport is a little different in that way. We have a little bit, you know, it, it, it just makes it more special. I will agree that it is unique because, like we said, NBA doesn't do this. NFL can't really do it. I would imagine that's part of why the NHL probably doesn't do it too. A lot again, a lot of hard hits, probably a lot of injuries in that game. I don't follow hockey as closely as other sports. So I I understand the unique argument and that it makes it special on some level. I'm hearing that Major League Baseball used to rotate even years AL. And then odd for the National League. It's always been different than other sports. Okay. Yeah, and I don't necessarily like that either to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, at least make it something that you competitive. That you're going to you're going to have an opportunity to win. I guess they're adding they're adding money incentives to the players <laughs> to play in the All Star game versus it you know depicting home field advantage for the World Series. Yeah, like, dude, do you need more of an incentive to play baseball? I mean, and really, what are you going to give him, $500,000 to a dude who's making $100 million over five years? What are you, what are you giving him there? What, what money is going to be like, oh, dude, now I really got to go bust my ass in the All-Star game? 
I know I've heard a lot of people argue this too that the reason why they don't like it depicting uh, home field advantage for the World Series is that it's isn't Major League Baseball All Star Game mostly fan vote or all fan vote. I don't know if it's all, but I mean, fan vote's a part of it's it. It's a huge part of it, right? And so I've heard people argue it that way, that it's like, well, they're building super... T- I mean, dude, that's what it is. You're building super teams, and... It makes it, it, makes it even better at that point. Makes it even makes me as a fan even more like, all right, well, what's happening with it? Like, oh, dude, these are my favorite players. This is the country's favorite players, and they're playing for something that matters? I think that's an even better argument for it. I don't really have a dog in the fight. And so I'm just, it's one of these things where I'm just like, I wonder what the right thing to do there is. But it seemed like baseball people hated it. And I would have to agree. I mean, well, they changed it, right? So, I mean, I would imagine baseball people hated it. Suck it, baseball people. I hate that. Oh, well, we can't put it. They're putting a slide in right field in the outfield. I can't believe it. It's like, dude, you're just trying to get people involved in this game. Quit being such a purist. Like, quit. quit. Oh, baseball. Dude, it's staunch and it's like old worldness. And like, dude, if you stare at a home run, they throw at you. If you, you know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, you, dude, baseball is very different than all the other sports. Like all these NFL guys running around talking about how the NFL won't let me have fun. It's like, dude, play baseball. <laughs> play baseball, dude. They're really not allowed to have fun. You're really not allowed to be an individual on a baseball team. All right. Again, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, so it's not like me. It's not like you got to like weigh this in for me a lot, but I will tell you that the that the All Star Game in baseball, like again, as a just of a sort of lazy baseball fan, I want to see it because it's the All Star Game. I don't care about who gets home field advantage in the World Series because of it. That doesn't factor. I would want to see it because I know it's the culmination of great of greatness on one team, and there's another team the same way on the other side. That's what would draw me. To the world or to the uh, to the All Star Game, it, it wouldn't be because there's something riding on it. But again, maybe as baseball purist fans and that kind of thing, maybe want more. But they did change it. They're going to go to a uh, to a best record system, and I, to me, I think that that makes it. I, I think that makes it well, definitely the most. And you know how I don't really like this word fair. Everybody's got the uh, fair shot at having the best record. Be the best team, have the best record, home field advantage for the World Series. Seems like that makes sense to me. We will have those three-day passes for Rock on the Range. You're going to get them next on the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Another reminder tomorrow, Long Haul Against Hunger will be out at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip. We're going to start at 6 o'clock in the morning, be out there till 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Taking cash, check, Food donations benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Get some hungry people fed. The buying power of that place, you're going to hear it a lot tomorrow, is amazing. I believe it was $1 covers four meals because of the buying power they have there. It's amazing. Yeah, and tomorrow uh, your donations are going to be matched by for your $1 will provide eight meals in our community. Yeah, it's amazing. We've partnered up with some good people. We're going to be handling the matching. You'll hear more about that again tomorrow. But again, we'll be at the Giant Eagle. We'll be inside right there. Uh, I heard this word a lot yesterday in the meeting. In the vestibule, which you're going to call a lobby. We'll be in there. We'll be out there. My 1017, your all-Christmas station will be out there. All Christmas, all the time. That's right. And uh, feel free. Bring some things. We'll uh, have Rock on the Range passes there tomorrow. We also have a pair right now uh, we're going to give out in just a few minutes. But we'd love to see it. We had a huge turnout last year with the Mac and Cheese Mountain. We'd love to see something like that happen again this year.
but I wasn't willing to eat anything out of the donation box to make it happen. I was like a one and done. Took a verbal beating for a year on it, and I don't want to spend another year on it. Well, yeah, and the last thing we want to do is is try to put lightning in a bottle twice. You know? Yeah. No, it happened. It worked. It was organic. Everything was good on that. So we'll see you guys tomorrow at the Giant Eagle. We'll have stickers out there as well. And like I said, rock on the range passes. So a buddy of mine asked me about this yesterday uh, while I was having a beer with him. And uh, he's a big basketball dude. He says he's been paying attention to, the, to a lot of the message boards. And there's rumors, there's murmurings of uh, of Shump being moved off of the Cavaliers team. Is there Are there legs behind this? Or is there simply like, dude, there's blogs and people need to talk? Yeah, and at this point in the season, there's not a lot to talk about. So early speculation on trade rumors is something that people will often go to. Okay. I don't, I don't, I mean, listen, I'm not saying like Iman Shumpert is the be-all, end-all in the the glue of the Cavaliers. Obviously, if there was an interesting offer or if there was something that made it worth it for the Cavaliers, you, you, you know, you, it's a business. They're going to look at everything. You got to be open to uh, to taking phone calls, but at the same time, I don't know why at this moment anyone would decide to mess with the Cavs. I mean, they look like they're a better team than they were last year, and they won the NBA championship last year. So I don't, I don't know why anybody would feel compelled to do that. I, I agree. When I look at it, I'm like, why? Just don't touch the Cavs right now. What are you doing? Like, just don't touch it unless there's like a home run. But the only home runs in the NBA are LeBron James, which we already have, Kevin Durant, which you're not going to get. You know, I mean, I know there's a few others, but like the home runs, you're not going to get. Well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to get a superstar back from Mont Schumper. You'd get somebody of equal value back. It's just like, well, I don't know. Isn't that sideways more than that? Well, yeah, I don't know who you're going to get that's going to put the team in a better position. Like, Schumpert is a specialist in the sense of he plays really good defense and he handles the ball well. And that's what you expect out of your, you know, out of out of that position. And I know uh, with the lack of a backup point guard right now, he's running the ball up and down the court a couple of times, which is fine. But we're so early in the season. I don't understand why anybody would think about making... A, a, a giant move like that at this point doesn't doesn't necessarily. Make I feel sense. like it would be more of a disruption than it would be a uh, a benefit at this point, right? Like uh, the old adage is, if it ain't broke. And I'll tell you what, when you watch the Cavaliers right now, it don't look broke. I know Jr. kind of had that uh, that bonehead play the other night, but that's not indicative of how the Cavs are playing. In, in a recent interview, Shump was talking about uh, he was asked about uh, Draymond Green and his 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 comments about how they want to annihilate the Cavaliers in the finals, and Shump said he should. We supposed to hate them, and they supposed to hate us. It's okay. They're supposed to take cheap shots. They're gonna hate us, fam. That's what sports is. It's great. I love every bit of it, and I'm glad because we're gonna bust their ass. We need that. We need. We need to type that up. We gonna bust your ass. Period. So I don't feel like he's in in, in any any looking to or, get out. Right. And I don't feel like you know with 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 an attitude like that. I don't know why anyone's trying to ship him out. If you're a Cavalier right now, the last thing you want to do is get traded, right? Because if you're gonna get traded, you're probably going to a non- non-competitive team, I would think. Well, if you're going to get traded, I mean, yeah, you're probably not going to go to, you're definitely not going to go to an, a team that's in as well, as good a position as the Cavs. No, there's only way. there's only really two out there, right? It's pretty much us and the Golden State Warriors that are on that level. There's other yeah, really there's, good there's teams. Other teams out there that, are, that, that, that have potential to win a championship, but at the end of the day, if you're not going to San Antonio, if you're not going to, to Golden State, or you're not going to Cleveland, you're not going up in the world. Yeah, I would imagine if you're a Mon Shumpert, you want to stay 
One hundred percent. I'm glad you brought up Jared Smith and that whole thing. I know a lot of people. Yeah, you, uh, dude. I blew past this a little bit yesterday, and I didn't mean to. But I brought up this boneheaded play, and I kind of made it sound like it was not that big of a deal. And then I, uh, dude, I went home and I thought about this. I was like, as the Cavalier expert, you seemed really upset about J.R. Smith. Well, it was just a knucklehead move. I mean, and and, and J.R. Smith has done nothing but prove or, or disprove that knucklehead myth about him. That hey, he's just in it for himself, and you know he's a hothead, and he only cares about scoring. For points. those of you that don't rem- that don't know what happened, J.R. Smith went over to the opposing team's bench in live play to say hello to a buddy of his, and then the guy he was supposed to be guarding went on to dunk. And the Cavs went on to lose that game. And right. regardless whether the Cavs did or did not lose that game, it still showed a a, a, a negative light of J.R. Smith where it's like, dude, you've done so much to combat that. And you've, you, I mean, the guy has. He, he's busted his ass on defense. I would say arguably he is one of the most important Cavaliers outside of the big three. And it just a, a huge part in winning that championship. And it's like, how could you in that moment decide, hey, this is what I'm going to go do? This wasn't during a timeout. This wasn't wasn't during like a, a halftime break or a quarter break or anything like that. It was just in the middle of play, and and and, and to make a move like that, I think it shows that you know they're not taking the regular season as seriously as they should. I don't know if it, at the very least, that they're bored with it, and I don't know if that means that they're not taking it as seriously, or it just comes to be a point where it's like, dude, it's a Tuesday night, it's the middle of December. I, you know, I, right. I just let me present something to you that I heard yesterday via uh, Speak for Yourself which is hosted by Colin Coward and Jason Whitlock. And Colin Coward said this, you know, you know, Whitlock was basically trying to say, you know, LeBron James behind closed doors is pissed at J.R. Smith. Like, dude, you know, LeBron, he's he's intense and this and that. And Colin had a different view on it. And I'm interested to get your take here. His take was, we've told LeBron James the regular season doesn't matter. The guy got cramps trying to play. And what did everybody say in the playoff? Whatever. whatever. You haven't beat Jordan. It's all about titles. It's all about postseason. You haven't. You, you don't have the title count Jordan has. And so we've kind of conditioned LeBron James and these guys to, to think that the regular season doesn't matter. And now we're surprised dudes are resting throughout the year and that this kind of stuff is happening. We've kind of set the bar here, right? Uh, complete, well, I mean, you have to look at LeBron to be over the bar. I mean, that's the thing, and that's his job. Higher standard. Well, that's his job is to, is to understand that like, yeah, I, I, I get your point of the regular season isn't as important as the postseason. Of course not. Um, but you can't act like that. There's plenty of things in life where it's like, dude, I don't care. It's the 615 break. Who cares? This is not that good. Not even that many people are listening right now. But you, you, you get that mentality into your head. But and, then all of a sudden you're doing it at 830. Right. And and, yeah. and, and, and you can't do that. Can't and, do it. And, and, and what happened with J.R. Smith is I like com- the analogy. It's completely different than what happened when LeBron takes time off or they sit Kyrie for for rest or anything like that. You are in a game. That is that that's where it's happening. This is where like the most important part of your life is happening in this moment and for you to negate your responsibilities in that moment that really does it it it, it flies in the face of all the positive that you, that JR Smith has made over the past 2 to 3 years. Would you have a bigger problem with the boneheaded play or how he handled being asked about it in the locker room afterwards where he had his face wrapped up and there was like an alter ego and he said, oh, I didn't know I was guarding that guy, my bad, and kind of dismissed it. What was more offensive to you? Um, that's him dealing with media and I'm okay with that. I think I think the actual, uh, the, the, the the mishandling of the play on the court. I mean, I, dude, J.R. Smith, you, you talk to the media however you want to. That doesn't make a difference whether you win or lose. What you do out in, in between the lines, that makes Affects a difference. The win- Lost column. Yeah. I uh, I 
I'm with you. I think JR's done a fantastic job of turning uh, the perception of him around. My one of my favorite LeBron James quotes is always when he talks about that trade that brought JR here, and when Cavs management said, "Oh yeah, they're gonna throw in JR," and LeBron loved JR Smith and was like. Do you just tell me they're going to throw in? Yeah, we want to make that deal. Make that deal. They're going to throw in J.R. Smith, who ended up being a huge deal for us last year. Well, I mean, a, 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 a key part of, of winning the NBA championships. I don't know if there's much room for argument in that in that anymore. Of like, Well, they should have done it or they shouldn't have done it. They won a title, so they definitely should have done it. One thing I can guarantee, tomorrow night's Canton Charge game, all those dudes, Quinn Cook, you better be out on the court, on the court between those lines, dude. You come over here, you try to talk to me. If, if Dude, Posse, you better... You better Better make sure your boys are out there playing hard. Nobody needs to be, you know, walking off the court and high fiving anybody else. That's right. Fantone's your in arena uh, host tomorrow night. If you need tickets for that, uh, you can pick them up at the Civic Center box office or CantonCharge.com. There. All right. We had a story go national yesterday surrounding a friend of ours, and people have hit me up all day. Are you going to have him on the air? Are you going to have him on the air? And I and I decided not to call him and ask him to come be a part of the product. Now. You could argue that that's not the right call, but I don't want to exploit a friendship. But we got into this story a little bit yesterday, and there's been a resolution when I want to examine it a little bit, and we're going to do so next on the Sandsbury Show. However, before we do that, let's pass out these Rock on the Range, a pair of three-day passes for Rock on the Range down at Columbus, Matt Fire Stadium. I want to make this pretty, uh, well, as fair as I can. Call her 35 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to Rock on the Range. We'll be right back with more show. Hang on. Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just heard Soundgarden there. They're part of Rock on the Range. We just pass out a pair of three-day passes for that show coming up in May, Matt Fire Stadium. You know, I've heard a little bit of internet rumor that Metallica, Soundgarden, actually going to make that a tour, and that Rock on the Range is part of that. Imagine that tour going around. Metallica Soundgarden? Oh my god. I mean, I've been critical of the new Metallica stuff, but you give me that show, I want to go for sure. Probably going to go to Rock on the Range, too. Man, That just that lineup looks so good. It's online for you, WRQK.com, if you haven't seen it, but there's a couple of bands I absolutely love. Amana Martha's playing it, Gojira's playing it. It's awesome. We'll be passing out a pair of three-day passes tomorrow, too, as we broadcast live at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip for Long Haul Against Hunger. We'll be out there starting at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning, be out there till 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Obviously taking donations to benefit the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank. You guys came out in record numbers last year. We would like to see that happen again, so we'll see you at the Giant Eagle all day tomorrow. Like I said, we'll have Rock on the Range passes for you, some other concert tickets as well, Sandsbury Show stickers. It'd be just cool to you know shake your hand. Meet the people listening to the program. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. So yesterday on the show, we discussed this thing that happened in Parma at an Olive Garden where a buddy of mine, Ricky Smith, known online on Twitter, at Rick Onya, and Ricky started this nonprofit, Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, hashtag rake for the social media things. And Ricky really is out there trying to make the world a little bit of a better place. And it all started from his life kind of going downhill, and he needed to pick me up, so he started doing cool things for other people, and he found out, you know what, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so his uh, nonprofit has taken off in storm, and people all over the country and all over the world are doing this now, random acts of kindness everywhere. 
And he went to an Olive Garden with a group of uh, his friends the other night in Parma. And Ricky, for those of you that don't know, is an African-American man. And his server at the Olive Garden happened to be an African-American woman and told them, the group of people, that she didn't like to serve blacks. She didn't like serving black people. That seems strange with her herself being black, you know. So they, of course, hear somebody say that to them in a restaurant and go, what? Did you just say that to me? I want to talk to your manager. As I feel like most of us would want to do. I don't think that's outside the lines of what you would do. Right? Manager comes over and then says to them, you either use this person as your server or you can go. As if there's no other way, there's no other workaround. Now, I don't know how many people were working in the restaurant at a time and this and that, but I would imagine it wasn't one waitress in an Olive Garden. There was a workaround, maybe. No, yeah, and I mean, catering to the customer kind of is the manager's job. Whether you, for whatever reason, if you don't like your waitress, I mean, really... You were saying yesterday, as a guy who served in plenty of like chain restaurants and the like, that, that you know, people asking to swap servers, it happens all the time. Not unheard of. I mean, you know, if, you, if, if you're going into a restaurant every single time, so, oh, I want a new waitress, well, then you're probably the problem. But there's yeah, plenty of examples in my serving career where it was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not waiting on this table anymore. So Ricky, very popular on the social media sites and the like, he goes to Twitter, obviously. He says, I just got asked to leave Olive Garden because we asked for a new server because our server told us she doesn't like serving blacks. He says, it's 2016. Honestly, I'm at a loss for words. I'm not leaving until the cops come and physically remove us. And so they wait outside because they had Ubered to the restaurant and they're waiting outside and the cops show up. Now he goes on to say here, which I give him credit for, he said the Parma Police Department handled this properly and handled it uh, w- w- with care. But he said they the, the, they ended up telling him that it was within Olive Garden's rights to tell him that you either use the server or you leave. Because they weren't kicking him out because he was black or anything like that. I mean, they were, they, they, they were saying, here's your options. Right. Okay. And so, uh, to me, I think it was probably the wrong call on the manager's part, right? I mean, I would find a way to find a workaround. Yes, I would have. I can understand why the manager felt a little perplexed, though. Probably dealing with a situation where it's like, dude, this is a table full of black people, and there's a black waitress, and they say they don't like black people, and I don't know what to do. I, you know what I mean? I can understand why that would be a very, like, uh, moment for you. So Olive Garden has officially released a statement, obviously, is that this caught national news. This was on like national news outlets the other day. I mean, TMZ covered it yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. And Olive Garden said, our number one goal is to create a welcoming environment for every one of our guests each day. We take these allegations seriously and discrimination of any sort will not be tolerated in our restaurants. Uh, Olive Garden's executive vice president of operations has reached out to Mr. Smith personally. Uh, We apologize and invite him back to our restaurant to make things right. The employees involved have been placed on leave pending the outcome of our investigation, which they will just, my guess is, they'll be ushered out in in, in the still of the night when nobody's looking, and that's probably what should happen. I... um, I I don't know how this happened. I, I, I don't know how somebody says that straight to some of his face. I mean, as a, again, Fantone served plenty of places. I, you know, I still bartend part time and this and that. And I've dealt with people that you don't want to serve again. Now, not because of race or anything like that, just their personality, right? And so, like, behind the bar all night at the Agora or whatever, I may say to, like, one of the other bartenders, God, when you walk up to the bar, I may say to you know, one of the other bartenders, God, I got to tell you, this guy's been just a dick all night long. But when I turn around, it's like, yo, man, what can I get you? 
I mean, that's I mean, because that's what you. That, I mean, that's just what you do. So I don't know how this happened, but uh, I guess now Olive Garden has also agreed to donate money to his foundation, which is uh, RakeNow.org, um, is where you can do that. And uh, they've agreed to make some donations. They've also agreed to uh, give him gift cards so he can host families in need for nights out, um, you know, to uh, to you know to get a decent meal, which is obviously the right call. They're in the right call business. And I got to give it to Ricky, man. I mean, dude, he was dealing with. I mean, on some level, it's definitely racism, and you know, he was dealing with some stuff. And uh, he, you know, people went to war over this online yesterday. And Ricky has such a great sense of humor. He he tweeted this out yesterday, and I thought it was great. He says, "I wish I had as much free time as the people currently engaged in a civil war over me not getting endless soup and breadsticks yesterday." And uh, you know, it's kind of him saying, "Look, I, I I wasn't trying to to make a big deal out of anything. I was just trying to show you that this stuff happens, and people are trying to deny this stuff happens, but it does happen." Well, I know a lot of people yesterday online, and anytime I kind of saw this story, whether it was on a national outlet or like one of the local news stations, I was very like, "Well, I'm going to go read these comments just because I want to see because I have a perspective on who the guy is." Where yeah, other we know people, him. Other people don't necessarily, you know, and a lot of people automatically went to the, uh, pff, well, it's a black guy. He just wants to complain about race. He's playing the race card. Or, oh, he's trying to get something for free. Or, oh, he's trying to scam the system. Or he wants, you know, e- e- everybody wants their 10 minutes or 15 minutes in the spotlight. Dude, that guy's got more than 10 minutes in the spotlight before, well before this. But, I mean, this definitely was a... Dude, that guy's written movies you've seen. But this is definitely a, a an elevation of that. I mean, for his picture to be on TMZ, that's a new level for him. It oh, is. I mean, ultimately a bad is going to lead to a lot of good for him, so I, I would think. I, yes. saw, I saw a lot of people trying to. Oh well, this guy. He's 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 the one who's who's you know really at fault here, and it was totally his fault. And it's just crazy to me how quickly something can be a story, and with no like the guy never said hey, Ricky never said hey I'm offended or hey I want anybody fired or hey anything he went like out that. of his way in that Olive Garden meeting with management and pleaded for them not to fire them. He said there's no reason for somebody to lose their job in the holiday season over this. So it just just goes to show you, well, I think that's debatable of like, well, should that person lose their job? I don't care if it's a holiday season or not. If you fall down on your job like that, you should get fired. I mean, that's fair. I think he was looking to combat people who were looking, you know what I mean? Uh, he, 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 to, to stop the, the the foaming at the mouth. It, it just really does go to show how quickly people want to foam at the mouth. And all it takes is a sentence of a headline saying, you know, the local comedian kicked out of Olive Garden for being black and people will just. Okay. I have another example. You know, real quickly, you know, people are like, I know you know him. Why don't you have him on the program today? Because everybody in the world's pulling him in another direction. Yeah. And it's exploitive, you know, and, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I want my friendship with Ricky to be the way it is. He probably wants to go do the Ellen show instead of the Santa right. show today. Right. He's probably, probably got other obligations. Yeah. It, it was also, I didn't want to hear her back like, yo, dude, been on TMZ, bitch. Yeah, Screw you. Don't you know? care about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Ricky and I are friends. We go back a little bit away, and uh, he's a good dude out there doing the right thing. And uh, I said yesterday, I, I I wasn't there. I don't know the entire situation, but I know him as a person. And if he's telling me something, I'm going to believe it. That guy also once told us this. This is a completely separate thing, except for the fact that it's racial uh, in nature. What did he tell us the one day last year when he was on the show? He didn't say this on the air. He said it off the air that he had been pulled over. I think it was 22 times since January. And we had him out in the summer 22 times since January. And I heard Fantone say to him, that's crazy. And I and then it sunk in. It was like, 
That is crazy. It is, dude. I haven't been pulled over in the past, like, I don't know, four or five years. I bet you I haven't been pulled over. By 22 times in like six months. I, uh, I, a lot. I, I feel bad for the dude. There's maybe no doubt about fast. it. But he certainly has an opportunity here with a little bit of, of uh, what do I want to say? Nobody got hurt and right. a lot of good's going to come out of it. Positive momentum. So the best case scenario. So, Ricky, we wish you well. And uh, again, dude, he's had a TV show green, uh, greenlit by a major network before this happened. I mean, dude, that guy, I've been telling him for the last few years. His that ceiling that he's been up against is going to burst open, and he's going to be a national. Hu- well, dude, he's already in a national McDonald's campaign for Christ's sakes. I mean, dude, that kid is on the next level. Ricky is so. I was happy to see a decent resolution come of that. The greatest ever, Fantone, and I mean the greatest ever, is back. And I'll fill you in next on the Stansbury Show. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. You can find them in Medina. They're just minutes from the square located in the old foundry building, or you can find them online at highvoltagekarting.com. That's highvoltagekartingwithak.com. High Voltage is Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor electric go-karting track in the state of Ohio. They have the best carts in the business. You're hitting speeds of around 50 miles per hour. And with the family looking to come into town for the holiday season, take them to do something a little bit different and a lot of fun. Check out more info at highvoltagecarting.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Join us tomorrow all day. Starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, we'll be at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip for Long Haul Against Hunger. This is a great cause that we take part in every year. This is uh, this show's third year doing it. Like I said, we'll be at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip starting at 6 o'clock in the morning. Be out there till 7 o'clock later that evening. Broadcasting for 13 straight hours to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank and get some hungry people fed. You guys came out in record numbers last year. We built a mac and cheese mountain for Christ's sake on, uh, on site. And uh, we would love to see something like that happen again. Uh, I've been asked this question a couple times this morning, so I will just answer it now. Yes, we will absolutely have show stickers for you, and we will we will be signing people up for a pair of three-day passes for Rock on the Range in May, Matt Fire Stadium in Columbus there. So if you want to go to that show, no better reason to come tomorrow than get signed up for that. And just because it's the right thing to do. Just do it because of that. How about that? So we'll be out at the Giant Eagle for Long Haul Against Hunger tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Love that event. But today, buddy, I can barely contain myself. What are you all excited about? Dude, the greatest ever. The GOAT. Has returned. Okay. I'd like to know who it is. I'd like to know what this is all about, Stansberry. Tiger Woods tees off at noon. He's making his return. This is huge for golf. Huge. There's no bigger at. There's never been a bigger star in that game in the modern era. Arnie, you can't do that because Arnold's like, you know what I mean? He damn near built the game and Jack and all that. In the modern era, nobody's been bigger than Tiger. Nobody. And the game has suffered dramatically since Tiger hasn't been good and been out of the game. Suffered dramatically. The ratings are cut in half when Tiger doesn't play, if not more. Now, I watch it every week. But most people don't care unless Tiger plays. Tiger's playing. Now, I've been on record multiple times saying I don't think he can win another major. But then he comes out yesterday. Now, granted, it's the Pro-Am. It's getting ready for the tournament. But he had two eagles on the front nine. That's absurd. That's absurd. That's classic Tiger. You're seeing that some of the game's still there. And so I'm going to amend my statement, much like I did on Rondi Rossi. You can't count Tiger out. 
When you're an all-time great like that, I think you can come back and do it. Maybe. Now, winning a major is really hard. Really hard. But when you're an all-time great, I think you can always compete. Much like I think Kobe Bryant could take this entire NBA season off, come back next year and play if he wants, and he'd still be pretty good. I don't know. The Lakers are doing considerably better without him. I agree. No, no, no. That's a separate conversation, though. I think Kobe Bryant could still be an effective basketball player. Score, maybe. And I think Tiger can compete. Will he win a major? I don't know. And when you start talking like that, when you say Tiger can compete, I don't know if that really is going to be that big of a deal to general public. Just because he's out there, you don't want to just see Tiger. You want to see dominant Tiger. And if he's not going to be able to give the... the I have said that. That if you're not going to play, if you're not going to be at Tiger's level, maybe what you do is you just stop and pack it in. But... The fact that he played as well, like he played better yesterday in that Pro-Am than he has in the multiple times he's tried to come back. It looks like the body has it now. And that's what I was going to say. This isn't his first attempt at a comeback, right? No, but this is the first time you haven't, like when he's hitting balls hard, striking the ball hard, where he's not wincing. And he looks comfortable. They, I mean, again, we're getting a little into the X's and O's of golf here. But if you watch his golf swing, it's drastically different than what he was doing before. He has changed the way he swings the club to accommodate an older body, 45 years old. Now, I was hearing guys say this yesterday on some of these sports shows. Oh, you know, all these young golfers have to hate this. The Jordan Spieths and the, and, and, you know, the Jason Days and the Bubba Watsons of the world have to hate this. What, are you insane? Are you insane? They couldn't wait for Tiger to come back. The TV money goes through the roof. The purse money of the tournaments he plays in is way higher, and they have a better chance to beat him now than they ever did. This is all upside for young golfers. All upside. There's more attention on the game than ever before when that guy's playing. And now all these dudes are going to get exposed. The best thing that can happen in this is for there to be a new young rivalry built on Tiger V. Like it would really what the best thing for golf would be is for Tiger and Jason Day to go back and forth back at it constantly. Be the best thing in the world for the sport. I think there's plenty of bands that have, you know, lost their way along the line and are still able to, uh, you know, do a pretty good sound check. That doesn't necessarily mean anybody's coming to the show. So, okay, well, I'll take your same analogy and we'll take Aerosmith, right? Dominated the 70s, 80s, kind of lost their way, came back in the 90s, were bigger than they ever were. It's possible. Can happen. I have always said he would not win another major after watching him play a little bit yesterday. I won't say that anymore. When you're an all-time great like that, like just so you know, Tiger Woods was the only player to have won all four professional major championships in a row. Other guys have won all four majors. He won them all in a row in the 2000-2001 season. It's now known as the Tiger Slam. Tiger Woods set an all-time PGA Tour record for the most consecutive cuts made. That means come Saturday and Sunday, he was still playing with 142 straight. That's unheard of. Good golfers get cut at tournaments all the time. 142 straight he made. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. That was the most dominant athlete in any sport we have seen. Tiger was on another level, man. And, I'm, dude, I know I'm a golf homer. But I'm pumped to have him back, and I'm pumped to, 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 to see that it looks like he might be back playing at a solid level. Good for the game. Good for the for a game that's dying, for a game I love that is, in fact, dying. I don't care if anybody else tells you. It is. Tiger being back in it. 
will breathe some fresh air into something I love. The greatest ever, making his return. Tease off at noon today. I'm so ecstatic. Actually, I was supposed to have a meeting with somebody, a lunch meeting with somebody. I told him, I was like, ah, it can't be noon. You gotta, I, dude, I got to watch a little bit of this Tiger thing, and then I'll meet you after that. Oh, dude, so excited. Can't wait. Oh, I'm so pumped up. We do have Ralphie May tickets. He's playing the Hard Rock Roxino. He'll be out there Saturday night out there, and we have tickets for that. We'll pass those out as we close out the program for you next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of the program for the day. Getting ready for Long Haul Against Hunger tomorrow. Broadcasting live all day. We will be on the air. This program will be on the air from 6 o'clock in the morning till about 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. We're going to be at the Giant Eagle up on the Strip starting at 6 a.m. Be out there until 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Now, Bonnie just emailed me and asked me a very important question, and uh, I'm sorry to have not addressed this before this moment. But if you're looking to make a donation via check, she's like, who do I make the checks out to? Make the check payable to the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. That's who you make those out to. It's a good question, Bonnie. And again, people ask me, are you going to have show stickers there tomorrow? Yes, I believe we will. Matter of fact, I know I have a stack in my house I can bring with me tomorrow. We're also going to have Rock on the Range passes for you, and we're going to be taking cash, check, and food donations to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Uh, it's an amazing place. We were in there yesterday for a staff meeting and uh, just walking through it. I mean, you just get to see the scope of it and like how many people get helped. And it's it's one of those things where it's like you walk, you think you know, and then you go in there. It's like, nope, I had no clue. Yeah, the thing with the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank is it's not like a soup kitchen per se. It's no. not like you go there and get food. What the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank is is they take those massive amounts of foods that retailers will donate and things like that, and they distribute them to those soup kitchens, to those food shelters and the like, right? Throughout the the throughout the the, the, the Northeast Ohio area. So if if you've ever been to like a church that did like a food a food drive thing, they could have gotten their right. food from the Akron Canton Regional Probably Food Bank, did. right? And I mean, you know, Stark County Hunger Task Force gets a lot of their food from the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. So it's just such a you know you think it's like, well, I donate a box of mac and cheese and that's the end of it and it goes into a hungry kids you know pantry not, not without a million other steps along the way i had a guy um reach out to me the other day via twitter and i think his name was rob and he drives truck for i believe a bread company and he said look man we have all these extra like dinner rolls or whatever right he was like and you know we're not going to do anything with them he's like you know he's like I, uh, there's got to be somebody that would want to take these off my hands i said well reach out to the stark you know county hunger task force sure enough he like hit me right back up on twitter he was like yo dude it's like i called over there and they couldn't believe we were willing to donate all this so we're really happy so it's kind of awesome there's got to be somebody expediting these situations where it's you, you know there's just a lot of things that happen between that food truck you know hey we've got extra rolls to get those to somebody else so you know obviously well, a lot goes on a, lo- a lot, a lot of moving pieces, parts. One of the reasons we really like the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, we're going to talk about this a lot tomorrow, but one of the reasons we really like it is that it's a charity that's been verified by watchdog groups who look at charities and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, look and make sure the money is going where it's supposed to be going. And according to CharityNavigator.net, I believe it is. Dot org. Dot org. CharityNavigator.org. Akron Canton Regional Food Bank comes back with four stars. That's the highest rating you can get from them. So basically that means 
they're on the up and up there. <laughs> like they're doing exactly what they should be doing. That's a uh, that's a fantastic thing. And another thing I really like about the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, I think people care about this, is that people want to be charitable, but it, they want it to help people in their area. They want it to be help their neighbor. And everything you donate to the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank affects this area. Everything stays in this area. And I know people like that about when they're being charitable. So obviously, you know, that's a good thing to have. This is our third uh, year doing it as a show. I know this radio station has been involved with it since before we got here, but this is our third time and I can't wait for it. I have met so many cool people in the last two years doing this event. And I, I talk about this a lot. One of my favorite things about my job is meeting the people who listen to it and finding out about you. You know all about me. You know all of my shortcomings. You know all my problems. You know all my hangups. You know, you know all there is to know about me. I don't know very much about you. And that gets reversed in those moments. So a little selfishly, I look forward to this every year because I get to meet a lot of people who listen. And I'm just I, I'm very interested in who those people are. So we'll be at the Giant Eagle tomorrow from 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Now, Phantom, dude, you got double duty. You're going to be at the Civic Center tomorrow night as an in-arena host for the Canton Charge. That's like one of your new positions. Indeed, I will. And I, dude, I, dude, I'm pumped for it. I know it's going to be a long day and do the broadcast. It's your first one. I bet yeah. adrenaline going to take over. Yeah, and dude, let's be real. There's something very rejuvenating about the long haul against Hunger Day where it's like, all right, man, hey, my life's not so bad. I can help people out. So, no, very excited. Tomorrow night, dollar dog night at the uh, Canton oh, Civic Center. Oh, I might go too. Dude, that's what I'm saying. You know it's going to be a party. My man Posse's going to be there. The Canton Charge girls are going to be doing their thing. And, of course, uh, the Canton Charge out there, Quinn Cook and, and crew uh, doing their thing against Toronto. So, tomorrow night fingers crossed That's who they're playing? Yeah, a big victory tomorrow night at the canton civic center that's pretty awesome i may swing by that and check some of that out as well we do have ralphie may tickets he will be performing saturday night at the can uh not at the canton civic center no. <laughs> he'll be at the hard rock roxino he'll be at the hard rock roxino in northfield park we have ralphie may tickets let's send you to that caller 10 1-800-243-7625 aside from that we'll we will see you out tomorrow at the giant eagle on the strip up there all day starting at six o'clock tomorrow morning we'll see you guys there